The voice of one crying the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The voice of one crying the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The voice of one Feed unto us according to your word. Tell anyone that comes here tonight have eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts that can understand, and a mouth to speak plainly. Let your glory be known. Thank you. Amen. I would like us to look at the book of First Corinthians chapter 2. I will be reading from um, different translations. Thank you, Jesus. We have been looking at the wisdom of God. Why do we have to look at the wisdom of God? The book of Proverbs chapter 24 tells us that it's through wisdom that a house is built. And through understanding, it is established. And through knowledge, its walls, its rooms are filled up with every good thing. I'll do a quick rehash for the sake of those that have been away. And um, we will look at First Corinthians chapter 2. And a couple of other verses. We began to see that the Ark of the Covenant had three decks, three compartments, following the instructions of God to Noah. We also see that the tabernacle of Moses has three compartments. We pointed out that this is no coincidence. There are many other threes in the scripture, but we will not dwell on them today. All we know that it speaks of the spirit, the soul, and the body in a major way. Of course, it also speaks of God. I gave an illustration of the sun, S-U-N, last week, I believe, where we say there's a sun in the sky. Everyone can see how many suns are there. One, that star up there that is the center of our solar system. It's a star, but we know it has the sun because it's a major source of light for us. But it's just, in fact, a dwarf star. A small star. That's what it is. That's what we call the sun. Now, and we say there's a sun up there in the sky, but we also stay on earth and say the sun is shining through the window. Please, can you pull the blinds or the curtains? Uh, The sun is coming to my eye. We know the sun has not left its spot and approached us in any way. Still where it was for the past few millennia. Then we take a solar panel and we stick it on something and it collects power it absorbs and stores power and we call it solar power and it's still the sun sun power and in none of those instances does any of us see any contradiction to the fact that there is a sun in the sky there's a sun streaming through your window and there's sun powering something it's three but it's one and it's very easy to see the analogy of god in heaven, the Father of all, the source of all. Jesus, the one who reaches down, the rays, the light of the world, that reached down and made the sun of benefit to us here on the earth. And the power of the Holy Spirit which we receive when he comes, that has the ability to generate that which is normally impossible. So the three compartments of God speak of The walkings of the Father, it is his way to walk out these things. 
they do not necessarily always line up the same way. So, using the tabernacle of Moses as an example, the outer court does not speak as much of the workings of the Holy Spirit as it speaks of the workings of Jesus the Christ. And we have the blood, the lamb on the altar, brazen altar there, and we have the water that flowed from his side. This jabbed him there after he committed his spirit to the Lord. And what came out? Water and blood. Blood and water. Outer court. As he left, he said, I'll send an alos, another, that is exactly like me. There are two kinds of anothers, others, in the Bible, in the Greek. There's the one that is another, anyone, I'll send someone else. Someone else will come. Fine and good, it could be young, older, male, female, anything. And it would still be someone. But when he said, I will send another comforter, the word there, the alos, implied an exact replication and the Holy Spirit was another just like him of the same kind similar identical and we see the work of the Holy Spirit in the holy place the second compartment there and he shines as the light he binds the body have you heard of the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace so the 12 tribes on those in those 12 loaves together he brings us together. We are all bred, but we are distinct too. And then we have the incense. Mind of the Father except the Spirit of God. Mind of God except the Spirit of God. You know, the incense that is acceptable to him, the prayer. Who can pray according to the will of God? Romans chapter 8, 26 tells you that we do not know how we ought to pray, but the Spirit makes prayer for us according to the will. So that incense, which is prayer, worship, intercession, and everything else that amounts to a form of communication with God, is all in that second compartment. That is the workings of the Holy Spirit. Jesus bore a reproach in the outer court, outside the camp. But the Holy Spirit brings us into the sacred place. Holy, sacred, same word. You know, sacred place. The sanctified place. And he brings us in. And his job at Pentecost. Pentecost, we've, told, we've, we've discussed often. That Pentecost did not commence on the day the Holy Spirit came to the world. It had been celebrated for nearly 1,500 years before then. So when the Bible says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, as it had fully come for 1,500 years, nothing new, same thing. But on that day, the fulfillment of the purpose of that celebration, just like Jesus had fulfilled the purpose of the outer court, the, the, the altar, 50 days before. So Pentecost, which simply meant the 50 days in Greek, you know, from the day Jesus died to the day the Holy Ghost came. It had been celebrated for ages through the Jews. They had been prophesying about these things. And these things were being fulfilled. Now we have just one more feast to be fulfilled. And that's the Feast of Tabernacles, which much of the Church of God has utterly forgotten about. Because they have forgotten about it, it leads to tremendous error in understanding. There are many things which it seems nigh impossible to explain to the average Christian. Because they don't understand that there are not two feasts of God. There are three feasts. That there are not two compartments to the workings of God. But three. And as long as you have only two in your mind, it will color. Can you picture running a five-year course? A five-year course in the university. Let's say the law, the pharmacy, or any others. Or let's say the medical 
Jerusalem, which is even longer, and acting as though you have equal time. So when the year four students, normal courses, four years, start selling off stuff and tidying up and giving away stuff, you join and give away things. You start giving away your things. Say, ah, you're in year four, I'm in year four. Let's get, we are giving away things. <laughs> Do you want? <laughs> this is my this and that. I hope you know someone is about to be in trouble. No, it, not just with, you'll be in trouble with your, if you have any parents, except you have no parents. Uh, you, in fact, whether you have parents or not, your life will be in trouble. If you act as though you finish school in year four, when you finish in year five, end of year four, second semester, you start giving away things. Do you want a locker? Would you like these clothes? <laughs> take. Take them. These are uniform. Law students. Take. And then you come back. And they say, school has started. And you're like, ah, school has started for those people. Your parents say, when you go back to school? Say, why? I finished here. Say, no, no. You have one more. Oh, yeah. Do you know it's as if you hadn't started? Because it's either endures to the end that will be saved. There will be a lot of commotion. Depending on when you realize. Wait! I still have one more year to go. Because the church acts as though Pentecost is the fullness of Christianity. It colors all their thinking. It will affect your behavior. It will affect how you plan. It will affect the things you think you can get away with. You will do things that will put in... I hope you know the person that finishes second semester year four giving away things is doing a, an applaudable thing. I hope you know. I hope they are, you know they are worthy of praise. Ah, you're so kind. You're not hoarding everything. You're giving away some of your textbooks. You're giving away... Amazing. You're so nice. The same act carried out by the person that has one more year to go proves the nature of a fool. I mean, the best reaction he'll get from anyone that has authority or responsibility in his or her life will be, you're a very stupid person. Or really dumb how are you going to write your project? You've given away all your things. How are you planning to write your project? Who is going to buy new books for you? You will see what will happen. He'll be going around begging. There will be so much. He's going to end up being a foolish virgin. He will not have what he needs. And the body of Christ lost sight of these things. They read the New Testament for the New Testament. You cannot even understand the New Testament without the old. In fact, to be honest, I don't like the Testament thing because God didn't come up with that expression. Human beings coined it. Old and new and all that. It's one Bible. It's one scripture. If we live as though there is no tabernacles. Instead of preparing. Look at. So the body of Christ is here winding down. Winding down. I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost. He arrived. (laughs) Thank you Jesus. Salvation of the spirit. Salvation of the soul. Done. It is a salvation of the body. And like all the others, you must prepare for each differently. You know how you prepare for salvation of your body? Holiness. Which means to be set apart. Separation. That's how you prepare. How do you prepare for the baptism of the Holy Spirit? How do you prepare for baptism? Salvation of the body. You prepare for the salvation of your spirit by hearing and believing you prepare for the salvation of your soul by hearing and obeying. You prepare for the salvation of your body by walking holy. You hear too. But you distinguish yourself. You allow the work of, the, of sanctification that happens through the salvation of your 
your soul. That prepares you for the salvation of your body. And you know what happens with most people? Like happens with most that are born again by, in the spirit. They never get their soul saved. Only their spirits are saved. And the Bible says that their spirit might be saved in the day of the Lord. But so they'll receive, I mean, there's punishment waiting already. It says they will be tried by fire and everything will be burned up. 1 Corinthians 3 assures you of that. It'll be, everything will be burned up. Those are the servants that the master said, bring them here. And you flog them with many stripes. It's a horrible thing. They are the ones whose house fell. They built something, but all of it would fall. And, and here's everyone being happy and not understanding that, no, 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 no. You, you still have a lap to go. You're not done. You're getting to the finish line. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. You have to go around. I don't know what that is. 200 yards or whatever you call it. And you go around two laps. Can you picture that guy running and seeing the finish line and undergoing some form of mental fog and slowing down and crossing the finish line? Who knows anything about track here? Resting. And everyone passes him. And it's like, why are they still running? Someone chasing us. Not realizing that he was supposed to go around twice. We are meant to go around three times. It's the, imagine the, you could have been the first. You end up being the last. Because you got to the finish line. And instead of adding a spot of energy and continuing, you actually <gasps> and lay down. That's athletic suicide. You're last. In fact, you're not even last. You'll be disqualified if you don't Abby, true travel you have to cross the line. So you have to start running. Again, if you don't cross the line, finish line, it's counted as though you didn't run. Tabernacles is the day of the Lord. Tabernacles is the third stage of Christianity. Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacles. It was meant to be prepared for. What prepares us for it is Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit came, it just began. It just began. And he came and said, hey, hey, hey. Let me prepare you for the main examination. And people go like, whoa, I've passed. I'm born again. I've gotten the Holy Ghost. Now I've passed. No, you're about to start preparatory classes to pass. This is true Christianity. All right. So there are three levels. I mean, you could go on all the different categories you have on that wall. Fascinating studies, which we've done on and off. But... They all speak of the nature of God. It's no coincidence that you have so many threes in the Bible. It speaks of the nature of God and the nature of the man whom he made in his image and after his likeness. So we have been called. After the Holy Spirit prepares us, he will present us to the Father at the throne. What you call the ark and the mercy seat. He's to present us. He's to educate us. He's to teach us. In a sense, Galatians. We were handed over to the Lord to prepare us during the era of Passover, which was up till the time that Jesus died. That was the era of Passover. We were handed over to tutors. Galatians chapter 4 tells you to prepare us. And then, in a very clear sense, we've been given over. But you know it's a mistake to think you've arrived. The law explained spiritually, properly, is the job of the tutor known as the Spirit of God. So that thing you usually look at in Galatians and think it's all past tense. Mm -mm. 
How do I know that we have not arrived? The Bible says until the son comes to maturity. Have you matured? Does anyone want to prove it? Is there anyone that has thought of this before or no one has thought? There's no need raising dust when nobody has ever thought about it. It's not a problem to anyone. Has anyone here thought that Galatians 4, we are done? You know, we arrived. We, the school teachers, you remember? It says that we, it actually says the law was given as a school teacher until the time the son will come. But this is the challenge. The son, the only begotten, has come and done his own. It's our turn. And the tutor now is the Holy Spirit. The seven spirits of God all contained in one. The eyes of the Lord run turned through to the earth to show himself strong on behalf of those who love him. And he's preparing those who is finding. Hey, you, are you ready? You, are you ready? Are you ready? And he's saying, come, let me teach you. Let me prepare you because you have to mature. There's no question that we have not matured. Ephesians chapter 4 tells you that clearly. He says, until we come to the fullness of the stature of the Son of God. To the mature man, until we come. He says he gave, until we come. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Until we come to a mature man. There's a maturing that is required. So this is the question. This maturing process, who is it for? Everyone. It ought to be for everyone. It ought to be for everyone. But this is the challenge. The only way to attain maturity in the things of the Spirit is through the wisdom of God. The only way to attain maturity in the things of God, the kingdom, is through the wisdom of God. You cannot attain maturity absent of God's wisdom. It's not faith that you attain maturity with. You attain it with wisdom. Faith will not bring you to maturity. I'm sorry. Sounds strange, but it's true. Sounds strange, but it's true. So through wisdom, this house is built. Understanding is established. Knowledge, the rooms are filled. How many compartments is that? How many levels is that? How many things are those? Three, as usual. Remember, it's a building. And once it's God building it, it will have three Categories. It has to. If it's God, God's stamp, the seal of God. When you see God's stamp, takam, it has three on it. There'll be three. The God nature will be imparted to it. It's in Him to do these things. Even some of the things you think are two are actually three. Many, many things. They love not their life unto death. But before that, they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of His testimony, and they love not their lives to death. It shows the God stamp. So God operates. This way, when he's building. And wise people learn to find the patterns. So let's read this. You know, I've said some things that are, this first Corinthians chapter 2 contains. Um, I may have not mentioned the verse, but the whole chapter. And Colossians chapter 1 also. You can write it down and read it through in case we don't get round to it. But those passages will tell you lots of different things I've said. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. You notice that. It says I did not come with eloquence or wisdom. Eloquence, the ability to speak well, impressively. The poor have the capacity to do that. Obviously, he studied at the, foot of, the feet of 
Gamaliel, a doctor of law, not law as you all know, I will always point it out because we are, I have so many law students here. I've told you the word lawyer as your kind of creature is not in the Bible. The very obvious seeming understanding of all the lawyers I seem to have met since I was born. I never had anyone tell me this. This would have saved me a lot of trouble as a young Christian. So to me, it really matters to point it out. So when the Bible says, your King James says lawyers, it was not referring to your type. Don't bother. It's referring to Torah teachers, teachers of the law. That's a better expression. Teachers of the law of Moses. Not practitioners that go and defend people in court. No. When defending anybody, they used to explain. They would say, this is what the law means. They weren't used for legal cases. People didn't hire them to go. The people could give them money for serving, like teaching them something, but they were not hired to defend things. Okay? All right. So, but Gamaliel was a doctor of law. He knew the law of God. He was respected. He was outstanding. And Paul studied at his feet. And Paul himself was outstanding. He gave his... Uh, CV, the lesser CV in the Bible. He also gave the better CV. I, I hope you know Paul has two CVs. Remember, one involves a lot of beatings. That, that's the real one. Uh, that, that's the one heaven uses. The, the other one was his deficiency. When he finished dating his former CV, he said, all of this I counted thesis. The Bible says dung. You know dung is a very nice dung. Dung is poop. So when he finished talking about of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. <laughs> Aha, he gave the full one. I studied, I did this, circumcised on the eighth day, I am a core of the Pharisees, the sect of the Pharisees. When he finished, he said, All of this is rubbish, just in case anyone thinks. He says, If I want to boast, I boast of my infirmities. Then he pulled out his real CV and he laid it out. This is it. I have suffered. <laughs> he, you know, there's levels of suffering. Have you read his dad's CV? In the water, suffering. Desert, suffering. Have you done city suffering before? Betrayal, brethren, suffering. You've seen that one? Check it. Check. You know, he just was giving betrayal by uh, unbelievers. Attacks from armed robbers. Attacks from non-robbers. At hey, he was just going, going, going. That's the one. At the end, he said, yes, this is my CV. The body of Christ will come to understand that without that kind of CV, they will have issues in the future. You will not work for the Most High. All the people running around, very crazy to stand out. To make a name for yourself. CVs that will be torn at the gate. Come with it. I was the... You call one name. You're walking like this. When they finish with hearing it, of course, the test is a fire test. So as you're coming, that's pure scripture. It's in the Bible. It said that you may not be found naked. It's in your Bible. New Testament. That most people... Not naked, not, by the time, it's like... Um, what do you call it? The thing in the airport. Metal detector. You go through God's own. He said it will be... Every man's work will be tried. But yet as by fire. And he said that there are people as they pass through, they will be naked. That it will take everything except them because they're born again. That's all. <laughs> Angels, come. Whose angel are you calling? Because you're stuck. You didn't prepare well. You're walking around clothed in rubbish. Totally combustible material. 
When God said, no, you want to get ready? Get ready. Cover yourself with metal, precious metal, fireproof stuff. You pass through. You, in this world, you had had your feet refined as of gold. The thing had bonded to your skin. You come through. Shinier. Because that fire will just tune it a bit. Say, whoa. Then you see the angels bowing. You see Abraham stand up for you and Moses. Welcome. Then people that were sitting on earth, you appear and you're like, you're, you're so much, you're so much nothing. He said, please, can I go back to earth? You cannot make any applications here. Keep quiet. In fact, you have not acquired the status to speak. Thank God you have Just be passing in quietly. People read Paul. Some criticize him. Ignorance. The lack of wisdom that makes people counter things that are so clear if you have wisdom. The lack of wisdom. Oh. See, you'll understand why. It's in this chapter. When I came to you, I didn't come with eloquence. Why would he not? He went to Corinth. When they wanted to abuse you and say you know how to chop life, they said, you're a real Corinthian. I'm just informing you. It was a very baldy city. That's why they had so many flesh morality issues. It was a wild place. I mean, it was like Nigeria or something. Or Las Vegas. But Corinth of old was the Las Vegas of America. But he says, or wisdom. I didn't come with elo- eloquence or wisdom. What does he mean? And you might say, you see, you see, you don't need wisdom. I have to keep reading. As I proclaimed to you the testimony about God, I came to give a witness. I stood as a witness on behalf of God. I gave a testimony. I informed you. Okay, I'm here to stand, take the witness stand and say what I have come to discover about God. Okay? For I decided to know nothing while I was with you. Except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Wait, 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 wait. When I came to you, you Corinthians specifically, I didn't necessarily go like this to the Ephesians or the Philippians, but to you Corinthians. I came to you years ago when I came. I'm writing you a letter now. I came to you with a message. And I acted like I knew nothing except Jesus Christ. Woo! Weepy! No. And him crucified. Wait, 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 wait. Why not him glorified? Why not him magnified? Why not Jesus Christ in some form that was much more exciting? Why crucified? Why did you come with the picture of Jesus on the cross? Why did you come to testify? Hey, Jesus died. Jesus dies. There's a death to be found in Jesus. What kind of message was that, Paul? Do you hate us or you like scaring us? The truth is that these were a very fleshly people. They loved to live for themselves. They were extremely sensual. And he came to teach them the dimension of Christ that had to do with dying to yourself. To killing yourself. That was his attempt. With the Corinthians. I came to you in weakness. And fear. And with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom. Again. Eloquence. Wisdom. Persuasive words of wisdom. My preaching was not to impress you. I didn't stand. And begin to roll off the words. To impress you. No. 
I did not attempt to impress you at all. Rather, I came with an attitude of weakness, fear, and much trembling. Strange, he was providing testimony of the cross. The cross was his intent. He didn't just say it. He wanted them to see it. Paul the mighty. Great Paul. And they came and there is this short man. I've told you Paul was a short man. Small, small, short fellow. And he was there acting. <laughs> so people were, eh? what, what, what's this? Is, is this the Paul? If you've read through the book of Corinthians, he says what they would say about him. What did he say? They said, his letters are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is... <laughs> he purposely went out of his way to de-impress them, to be unimpressive. He didn't do it lightly. He, with fear and trembling. He didn't say trembling. He said much trembling. I don't know why he did. We know why. It doesn't stop there. My message and my preaching were not with persuasive words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Maybe what was happening to him was what was happening with... Uh, I, I heard Heidi Baker many years ago. So there was a season when, as she's speaking, she's going, ah! So I was in, ah! oh, Have you heard any of those messages? The older ones? <laughs> there was a whole lot... I don't know how many years it lasted. She couldn't talk. As she talks, you know. So I was at the hospital. The other, can you listen to that? I have, I mean, maybe I've lost them. I had those messages. Can you picture inviting that kind of person to your conference? All you respectable, <laughs> a woman that goes every ten seconds. I know it sounds funny now, but it's true. That's how she talked. The Holy Ghost would be so much on that. She would be given the mic sometimes. She takes it and goes, and he's on the ground, stuck. Sometimes he lies down and preaches from the ground. She can't stand up. The Holy Ghost is so strong that she can't stand up at all. You would think like, come on now, uh, pull yourself together. What is it? She could not pull herself together. Sometimes she, she said, I'd be stuck to the floor. Like he was... Should I say embarrassing? It would happen all the time. But from that floor, that's where the miracles will be happening from. Now see, you go lie down for ground. Everything is happening from the ground. Which one do you prefer? To appear very capable or to have a demonstration of the Spirit's power? Because Paul obviously wasn't a choice. Uh, he said, I choose. Did you, did you hear when I read? He said, I, 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 didn't he say it? I, I decided to know nothing while I was with you, but Christ and him crucified. He, he decided there was a decision to be made. Paul, how far? Eloquence, this, or demonstration of the spirit and power. Do you want to bring many things to come to pass? Manifestation. Will they allow the Holy Ghost run all over this place? Or will he be in charge? Question day. Same question will come to you. I've begun to show you the wisdom of God. In case you're wondering what does this mean? The wisdom of God is not like the wisdom of men. It's a completely different ballgame. The wisdom of God results in people typically despising the externals. The wisdom of God is not attractive externally. It makes people look ridiculous. The wisdom of God weakens people. 
when we studied Noah and his preparation for the, uh, um, for the flood, we saw that man built that thing for about a hundred years plus. Pakam, pakam. Noah, what are you doing? Pakam, pakam. Now, wow, these old people. Pam, pam. Young men, you know, I know go go man. You're following this, your old father. Are you, how old is he? He's not 600. <laughs> okay, now, watch. Bam, 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 bam. You won't plan your life. It will make you look foolish until the day comes when you know who was foolish and who was wise. Whether it's the man that spent a hundred years hammering things or it is the people that were marrying and giving in marriage, enjoying themselves, having a blast at the expense of preparation, even when the preparation makes you look foolish. Why do you think Jesus was crucified? I hope you know Jesus crucified is not neat or nice. There's nothing attractive about being crucified. Bloody and splattered. Battered. I almost said tattered, but what for? He wasn't wearing clothes. A mess. That's the wisdom of God. It's a scary thing. The wisdom of God, <laughs> you know, there are people known for preaching wisdom. Oh, Jesus, have mercy. Oh, Jesus, please. May God deliver you from the wisdom of men. There are people who are known for preaching wisdom. Their wisdom is the wisdom of men. <laughs> oh God, I feel like crying. Oh Jesus. The wisdom of men does not look like the wisdom of God. The wisdom of men is a counterfeit. It does not look like the wisdom of God. Let's finish reading. Maybe I can jump into that towards the end. The wisdom of men does not, please God, the wisdom of men. You know, counterfeits are scary. Now, so far as we've read, he said, I didn't come to you with wisdom. He didn't distinguish the wisdom. He just said, I didn't come to you with wisdom. Verse 5 now tells you for the first time. So that your faith would not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. He now distinguishes that the demonstration of the Spirit's power is the same as God's power. So the options available were man's wisdom or God's power. Till today, the question is the same. Which will you have? This restaurant serves two kinds. Men's wisdom, God's power. The wisdom of men is attractive. It looks it looks like something everyone would like. The problem is its source. The problem is its source. And you might be sitting here thinking up to this time, thank God I don't trust in the wisdom of men. Before we are done, you know what you trust in, what you have been trusting in, building on, planning for. And if you have planned on the wisdom of men, get ready for your house to fall. Get ready for your boat to sink. Because the flood that is coming, have you been informed what it will be made of? Water or fire? Good people. The Bible tells you that the world that was then, <laughs> it was water that was used to test the matter. And it tells you that the coming one, it is fire tested. That's why combustibles are not permitted. The wisdom of men is perishable. It passes away. It comes to naught, the Bible says, in King James. It comes to nothing. It will pass. It's a kind of wisdom. 
but it will pass away. I mentioned this a week or two ago when we talked a bit about the distinction between Solomon's wisdom and the wisdom of Jesus that he said, a greater than Solomon is here. After 2,000 years of Jesus saying that till today, people emphasize Solomon's wisdom. How many of you have ever heard a message preaching against Solomon's wisdom? Apart from here. But 2,000 years ago, someone showed up and said, a greater than Solomon is here. And we are still crazy about Solomon. What, what do we want him to do? Hold a hammer and say, it. a greater than Solomon is here. Bong. You know, Tom and Jerry, it will be this high, two inches. I said, a greater, bong, it will be like five. Mm-hmm. I wish we could do that. We can't do that and you survive. You'll be dead. He said, a greater than Solomon was here. What, what does that mean? It means, man solo, well done, up till now. I always admired your work, but I'll be seeing you. Uh-huh, Jesus, everybody still comes here. Very happy. Solomon's wisdom. Bang, bang. It is the wisdom of Solomon to accumulate gold. Just take note of how much gold he made a year. 666 is in your Bible. Don't even look at me. If we can get to Revelation 17 today, I will show you. The Bible says, here is the mind that has wisdom. It is the number of a man. And the number is 666. Because Solomon was a representation of man's wisdom. Apart from other pictures, yes, Solomon speaks of the apostolic ministry and other things. The gold kingdom, etc. I agree. Distinguishing between Saul, David, Solomon. You know this is the beauty of the Bible. It's a living thing. It's just everywhere. That's not what I'm addressing now. I'm addressing the comparison between Solomon the wise and Jesus the wiser. And that there's a problem with so many people so crazy about Solomon till now. You most likely will end up with Solomon's reward. And in Solomonic situations. Stumble in Solomonic ways. Make Solomon type mistakes. And maybe even die like Solomon. With a heart drawn away from God as you grow older. Because that's typical of Solomon's. They start, God, I want you. They end, uh-huh, my wife number, what again are you? 720. Uh-huh. Where are we going today? Who do you worship again? <laughs> Running all over the place. Buying down to so many things. Nobody understands. Solomon, wait, come. Is it you that ask God at your young age, God, help me be a good and wise ruler. Able to lead these people in your will. Solomon, is this you? You have built... Small temples all over the land. Is it not you that built the temple of God for seven years, Solomon? What are the, all these other ones you have built? This is how Solomon-type wisdom ends. It starts, God, all for you. It ends messed up. I'm surrounded by such people. They are everywhere. They are everywhere. Ad- held in admiration by Christians everywhere. Yes, so that's, that's an example of how I want to be. Having all sorts of models that are doomed to judgment. Negative judgment. You don't want to be wise like Solomon. The reason you want Solomon's wisdom is mammon. You're a greedy person. You don't believe you can die for Jesus. Paul did not operate in the wisdom of Solomon. Paul operated in the wisdom of Jesus. It is a fireproof wisdom. It's a wisdom that pleases the Father. It is a wisdom that at the end 
When you come out, you won't have gold. You will be gold. You have been born so thoroughly, you, you, you change. You are in different things. You would have become so accustomed to the fire. Things would happen. You will go through things. People say, Naomi, you, if living large was the model, Jesus would have lived large. So would have Peter, James, John, Thaddeus, Thomas, John. Name them. All. Judas, not Iscariot, the Bible says. All of them. But none of them lived large. Not a single one. I think maybe Jesus' disciples were stupid and not paying attention to him. Or we are stupid and paying attention to him. Those guys walked with Jesus. They knew him in his sleeping and waking up. Do you think Jesus obeyed the scripture that says, And these words which I command you today, Deuteronomy chapter 6, say it with me. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Do you think Jesus obeyed it? <laughs> Look at these unbelievers. You think Jesus disobeyed his father. Even if you don't know, why do you need to think? These words which I command you shall be in your heart. How many times do you read the Bible and Jesus, and the Bible says, as they walked in the way, Jesus began to say, he was talking with them. Of course he was talking with them. He was talking with them all the time. They knew the things he thought. When they lay down and when they rose up, in the morning, in the evening, when they were about to, he was talking. I think he was keeping quiet. A few examples are found on the night uh, before he died and, and some of those other times. There were so many things they said that the Bible says that if we were to write down all the things that Jesus said and did, all the books in the world couldn't contain it. So he said, these things Jesus began to teach and do. The Bible will tell you over and over again, when they came into the house, Matthew chapter 13, and he took them and said, and they said, Master, explain to us the parable of the sower. And he would explain to them, it is given to you to see. Why do you think those disciples made the choices they made? Why? Were they stupid? They were not stupid people. Who, who know like better thing? They were not dumb. They made choices based on what they had seen the master do and say constantly for no less than three and a half years. And if you choose not to, oh, Jesus was God in the flesh. <laughs> Nobody can be like him. What about Peter, James, and John? That turned clearly to Jesus. They looked at him face to face and said, Master, what about us that have given up everything to follow you? And people are quick to, ah, you shall receive a hundredfold in this age. Have you, have you heard it preached? Excuse me, where was the hundredfold according to how it's preached that Peter had? He died to fight upside down. Uh, John Zonko, James, uh, uh, name them. You see, you see, if you really want to know the truth, God will help you. If you want to believe a lie and feed your lust, your wrong desires, Satan will help you. It's or should I say ignorance? You don't like Satan. Ignorance will help you. So if what you keep trying to prove to me is that the Bible says you receive it in this life. Where was it in their lives? Let me tell you how it was in their lives. Wherever Peter Paul went, there were Christians here or there in most of those places. And in every place they say, oh, I'm coming to your town. Oh, please, you stay in my house. That's his house. It's just that he doesn't actually own it. But it's his house. Yes? He sees someone, ah, brother Paul, that's his brother. Are you seeing? 
Oh, brother Paul, that's his sister. Hey, come in here. The older women will receive him in. He's, that's his mother. Are you hearing? It wasn't like he could sign them over. If there's a dimension in which that will be fulfilled fully, it will be in the age to come. But not this age. How do I know? Luke chapter 14 verse 14. Jesus said, if you have a party from verse 13, he said, if you have an occasion, do not invite people that can invite you back. This is in your scriptures. These are the words of Jesus here. But invite the lame, the blind, the this and that. People who cannot pay you back in summary. Why? And in the resurrection, the next age, it will be given back to you. This is why the resurrection of the dead is not preached normally. Because in all the places that it talks about the next age, it gives the implication, the inference is that most of your reward, you don't even begin to touch it yet. I have a simple question. The older brother, when the father said, when he came, I have served you all this time. Not once have you given him a small goat, a kid, to kill and eat with my friends. What did the father say? Ah, my son, no vex now. We killed the fatted calf. Your brother was lost. He's found. He was dead. He's alive. Ah, no, don't. Go and kill and eat. Go and kill and eat. That's what your Bible says, right? What kind of Bibles do you have? It must have been. Ah, no, not be like that. Kill. Ah, ah. In fact, throw a bash tomorrow. Is that what happened? What happened? His father said, everything I have is... Uh, Papa, how far now? You don't talk Finnish. Uh, everything I have is yours. Yes, so. Uh, so now, can I do that bash with my friends? The father conveniently forgot to mention it. What do you think that was? Who is on my side here? Am I alone? What was that? Have you heard the, how do you pronounce E-L-A? You know, you know what E-L-A means? Oh God, big brother, cool down. Your time, they come. They just enlarge the guy. Let's celebrate this Mugu. Uh, sorry, this your younger brother has come back. Squandered all his fortune. Has nothing, his name. Let's borrow a calf from your riches. A borrow a ring and sandals. Let's give him. Uh, ring represents this. Uh, yes, it represents the house he came from. Family. Uh, that's all. He doesn't have anything. All belong to his older brother. All. So no matter how the prodigal son is your favorite character in scripture, get ready to be penniless in the ages to come. Because there was a very real ownership by that older son, but it was not to be squandered then. Don't you know that it is he that perseveres to the end that qualifies to be in charge? That's my rendition of the other scripture, you know. It's the one that continues holding on to the end. What qualifies you is the holding on. Why, what salvation do you think it is? Do you get born again by holding on? Holding on to which end? Who got born again here by enduring to the end? Let me see your hand. You got born again. I mean it. If you think you got born again by enduring to the end. Let me see your hand. What did you endure to the end of to get saved? It has nothing to do with your spirit salvation. It has everything to do with your body salvation. It has nothing to do with your soul salvation. Because your soul salvation is carried out with fear and trembling. Receive with meekness the engrafted, the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. Implanted words save your soul. But the one that it speaks of when it says, enduring to the end, shall be saved. 
is the one that endures the original salvation, spirit and soul salvation. And holds on till the end. Then his body salvation. It's speaking of the body salvation. You only acquire it. What's the body salvation? The resurrection. The resurrection of the dead is the salvation of the body. Is when this mortality is swallowed up by immortality. When this body suddenly has a a super body. But it only comes to those who endure to the end. That means those that began and stopped halfway like Solomon. Were operating on inferior wisdom. You're disqualified. See you in heaven later. But you're out. You won't make it. Take note. I didn't say you're going to hell. I'm saying you will not be an overcomer. You will not rule and reign with Christ. There's no egunje. There's no man no man. There's no connections that will help you. You're out. You're out. You will be what you are. You have set yourself for eternity. To be in a lesser position. It's just the way it is. It's a competitive race. Very competitive. And someone asked me once. Ah, but why is it like that? I say because everyone cannot rule everyone. They has to be rulers. There has to be a strict interview process. So you have to pass in all categories to qualify. You have to pass in all categories to qualify. If you pass only in one category or two, you will be struck out for leadership. So stage three is for leaders. You must pass the three. If you only want to do the first two... in fact, doing first two is what qualifies you for third. So if you want to do stage one only, enjoy. But do not say you are not told. If you don't understand, you will attend our, our believers' classes. I think they are just seven. It covers two and a half weeks to three. From beginning to end, three days a week. Go through it. Have it established in your soul. But remember that you are not studying for fun. And it's not for sure. It will come to pass. The day will come. You will be, ah. Had I known. Let me finish. First Corinthians chapter 2. God wants us not to have faith that rests on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Now listen. Because you might think men's wisdom. Okay. So he's bashing men's wisdom. But let's look at what God's power really is. In a higher form. Among the mature, however, or King James says, among those who are perfect. I speak the wisdom of God amongst those who are perfect. The word perfect is teleos in the Greek. It means mature, adult, full age, grown. Among the mature, however, we speak a message of wisdom. But not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age. Who are coming to nothing. Did you hear? The distinction has begun more clearly in the scripture. There are kinds of wisdom. If you are of the mature. Remember how we began. Corinthians. When I came to you. I only wanted to tell you about the cross of Christ. But it's not that we don't have wisdom that we talk about. But we don't talk about it with um, everyone. We speak about it with the mature. You see, sometimes I feel a bit guilty about talking about some of these things in some places. Because I'm like, why are you saying this? Even scripture knows you don't say everything everywhere. But it's that there are some people that can begin to have a clue. And there's something like going forward. So I can't always, every single time, try to water down things. 
So if it goes over your head, praise God, it's well with you. I, I believe you'll catch up someday. In the meantime, take the little you can. There is wisdom for the mature, for the older. Go and read Hebrews 5. You hear them say what makes you mature. When you've learned to discern between good and evil, especially through comparing spiritual things with spiritual, I'll read that in a few verses. Constantly, and by living it out, practicing it, doing what you're hearing. Not hearing only, but doing. Hearing and doing. Not, ah, yeah, it's true. People have to follow God devotedly. It's true. Mm, it's really true. Hmm. Have you, I remember years ago, university days, I believe, and people being in a meeting and they will talk about something and they go, it's true, but you can even feel it as they are saying it is true, that they will not do it. People come out of a meeting and say, that thing that man was saying so on point. God will help us. But it's with this attitude that says, that's for the people that can do it. It's not for me. That's the attitude that says they are giants in the land. I can't kill them. I can't try them. We can't take the land. Let's go back to Egypt. We will have to be fleshly. We will have to live how we always lived. Because this enemy cannot be brought down. It's an attitude. It's an ungodly attitude. It's an attitude that has no faith in it. They did not enter because of unbelief. It's an attitude full of unbelief. That says it is not possible to walk in the fullness of what God has. But if we believe God and believe what Jesus said, that even the rich can enter the kingdom. For with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. That's when he said that. When he was discussing if rich men can be partakers in the ruling class. Told you in the age to come there will be a ruling class. I know the caste system in today's world has a serious problem. But they are trying to copy what is to come. I hope you know Satan has a clue. You know Satan has a clue of God's plans. Huh? Oh, Satan has an idea of what God is up to. He does. And he keeps trying to replicate it. Has kept trying to have people try to act out what Jesus and the Father have been planning from the foundations of the world. It's why you see counterfeits of the Trinity, of this, of that, of that, of that. Everywhere. And some people look at it and say, you see, you are just copying this. No, Satan has a clue. And he rushes out and fakes it. Have you seen someone bring out a product before the real product comes out? Steal the prototype, steal the model, steal the recipe, and rush and try to gain the market. That's what Satan is doing constantly. You see people demonstrating powers, duplicates, copycats, but false ones. So Satan looks at something God is doing. He knows the lands. He's been around. He's heard. And he tries to raise people who try to be. What Do you know long before Jesus came, lots of other people came? Didn't you hear Gamaliel talking about it? People, I am the Messiah. I am the Messiah. And they would fail. So Gamaliel told them, leave these people. If it is fake, it will fade away like others. And he gave examples. If it's real, it will stand. Question, 2,000 years later, has it stood? Oh yes, absolutely. And it will grow bigger and bigger and envelop the whole earth. There's a wisdom that can be spoken. Among the mature, however, we speak a message of wisdom. But not the wisdom of this age. Your Bible probably says of this world. The, world, the word there is aeon. It is not G. It is not any of the other words. It is not cosmos. It is not world. It is 
time, span of time, age. He said, we speak not the wisdom of this age. People of God, you want to know what the wisdom of man is? Even that wisdom that Solomon had. It's a wisdom of this age. It's not an evil wisdom. It's just a limited wisdom. It is a limited wisdom. You can apply it in quotes and it works for you. It's on a certain plane. People that live for this time and this age. People whose lives are vested in the prosperity of this time. Can use that wisdom. And it has amazing results. The wisdom of God is on a higher plane. It's a tabernacle focused wisdom. It's not a Pentecost age focus or Passover all the way back. It's a wisdom of another time. A wisdom that will acquire you authority in another span of time. I'm really hoping this helps someone understand me. So let me ask, let me give an illustration. Most of us are students and you go to classes with people, classmates. Okay? I wish you people would stop calling them colleagues. They are your classmates. Colleagues are co-workers. You are not workers at all. You are students. I blame your English teachers. That's all. And you're going to class. Work with me. And you have a classmate who says, in the future, I want to make shoes like Bata used to. I believe it's a Greek company based in Greece. Also. They are not in Nigeria. The last I knew two, three years ago, they had left. And while we go to classes and come back, I know there's a market for shoes that has not been tapped. A largely untapped market in this country for good shoes with different designs. Leather shoes, solid stuff. And while you're studying every day just for the particular course you're doing, this fellow is ringing up leather. Leather. Treatment of leather. Types of leather. This, that, 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 that. He plans his time. He goes to work with a shoe uh, maker, with cobblers, with, 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 with leather factories. He learns cutting. He's practicing. He's going to the market. He's joining forces with someone that sells these things. He's doing all these things continually. All the time. All the time. He's on studying cobblers. He's in, doing internships. He's saving money to go and study, to buy things. You are buying just books for your course and going to Mommy J when you have extra money. He is using that extra money to invest into studying shoes. And you're reading one funny course or the other that has nothing to do with shoes. That fellow is like the person with the higher wisdom. He's operating on another plane. In the present, he's living for another time. You are living for that time, for that time, kind of, to have a good result. Yes, in a way, you're hoping you can, but you know, majority of people don't use their results to really do anything. You know that, right? Huh? You do know that your result may be of no consequence to your life, apart from having learned how to read and write and uh, research a bit. But in reality, you may never use what you studied for anything. I'm sure you know it. You're not that daft, yes? 
The majority of people will not use their degrees for anything to do what they study. In Nigeria at least, majority, Niger. Uh, outside this country maybe, but here, you will likely do whatever your hand finds, find it to do. And you may find out that you like it. And you may be found it 23 years later after you left school, <laughs> having never done anything with what you read. Life goes on. You won't be unhappy. You'll be happy doing what you enjoy doing, what you found yourself doing. So, this guy making shoes, making shoes, making shoes, planning around shoes, studying shoes, leather shoes, leather footwear, seems odd in the present. Seems strange. He even smells of leather. His hands have a funny smell. He's always touching these chemicals that have to do with shoes. He's talking, a, speaking a language. When you're walking with him, he's saying strange things like, Did you know that if you put leather in this thing for three hours, in red dye? And you're like, Sorry, which lecture are this one? No, no, I'm talking. Oh, sometimes you go like, Sorry, sorry, sorry. Don't, don't worry. There'll be a disconnect. You're not on the same plane. He's operating on something else. You might deem it lower. Most of the time, you know. A picture of the guy now, you pass him. See him there, sitting with a cobbler. Ah, Obo, what are you doing here? Uh, this, um, this is where I'm doing, uh, an, you know, if you need to sound modern, an internship. You hardly feel like saying, I be boy for this man. I <laughs> they learn job. Okay, this guy is going to school, so he knows the two languages. I'm doing an internship here. And so on. So it will look beneath you. You know the feeling of seeing someone in a lowly place. And you came to give your footwear to be mended. And there he is. And he said, what's wrong with it? And there's this feeling of superiority, yes? But who's the wise guy? Fast forward 10 years. Fast forward 20 years. With his good command of English. Ability to study and research. Exposure. Add everything. And shoemaking. <laughs> somebody may be employed by somebody. I won't call names. Somebody may be employed by somebody. I am telling you. Likely you'll be employed. Looking for. In, uh, there's this shoe factory. Ah, All over the states of the federation. We need an accountant for one of our offices. They come and find you. You appear there and you dress well. You open the door. Good morning, sirs. Good morning. Good morning. Emeka? <laughs> you will understand the power of wisdom that, wisdom that supersedes wisdom. That guy was not on your plane. You were on a lonely plane. You thought you were high. That guy that agreed to go down. They used to call that book, She Stoops to Conquer. That guy that agreed to stoop, to rule will be shown for what he was doing. The wisdom of Jesus, the greater wisdom, is not like the wisdom of Solomon. Hear me, hear me well. It is a wisdom that stoops to conquer. It is a wisdom that makes the people that carry it seem to go lower and lower. It wasn't by mistake that Peter died in a strange bad manner. Jesus told him, when you were young, you could go wherever you liked. But when you are old, they will take you where you do not want to go. Jesus told him long. Some of you have said, God forbid, it's not my portion. And God will tell you, who are you talking to? Or, and I think the better one is, God forbid, and you say, I am he. I am telling you, God is telling you that you're going to end up bad. 
This wisdom is a wisdom that while it's not time, they may not be able to touch you, but your life may still be a bit uncertain. But as it gets closer and closer to the end, it seems to get worse. Who does that? What kind of wisdom is that? It's a wisdom that does not gather armies or plan stratagems like normal people. Look at Solomon. He had chariot cities. A man that never fought a war. (laughs) Enough accumulation of property and horses. And then just in case, to avoid fighting more wars, he married a thousand wives. Creating alliances with all their fathers. Don't fight me, I marry your daughter. Don't fight me, I marry your daughter. Married them all over the place and kept. Did all sorts of things. Of course, it typically leads to compromise. But the wisdom from above, there's a wisdom. Go and read James chapter 3. There's a wisdom from above. There's a wisdom. It is first of all pure. It is peaceable. We will break down wisdom later, not today. Gentle, easily invited, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality or hypocrisy. It's a strange wisdom. It makes you look weak. But you're winning because every time you practice it, points are being added. Take them, take them, take them fast forward 50, 100 years from now. <laughs> that guy is loaded. His share, he was buying shares for every time he obeyed God and appeared a fool. The shares is in God knows how they counted in heavenly drachma or shekels. And maybe for every time he did, they dropped one million for him. One million. One million. So on the other side, when it's morning, after the resurrection, the guy is a big boy. A big girl. Ah, well done. How are you doing? Are you one of the citizens of one of my cities? Are you? Um, this is where I found myself. It's okay. Well, and there's nothing like, okay, I'll make you this or that. You used to be my friend. Nothing. You can change nothing. You are set. As you planned and prepared, so you are. I used to read for years how the early church laid down their life. I used to think these guys were so bold. I understand now. They were not that bold. They were just very wise. They looked at the return on investment, the ROI, and went like, wait, 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 wait. I'm investing in this one. In the language of business, you look at how will the returns be. Those guys were shown return investment. Do you know why most of the body of Christ today does not invest in the heavenly wisdom? The wisdom from above. The greater than greater wisdom. Because they don't even know what happens with that wisdom. They've only been told about the lesser wisdom. So all the investment is in Solomon Enterprises. Do this, do that, do this, do that for more, for money, for this, for now, 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 now. And Jesus came, everything he was saying is in the future. Blessed are the poor in spirit for, <laughs> yes, it came out. blessed are you when men curse you and this and that for, go and look, everything, all his, his investment company did not deal with now. He's, we don't pay in this age. Oh, oh your, your dividend, you get it in the next age. Uh, you, you, you want to invest here? Take note, you will not receive a dividend warrant. Now, it's not now. Anything that comes is lock, any bonus. Only bonuses. But the main dividend, you get nothing now. Once in a while, you may get a bonus, you get this and that. But to stand and say, no, I claim all my dividend. Eh, wrong company. Check Solomon. You can see why it's not popular 
for the few that understand it, it's not popular. Because they can't understand, why are you telling me that I have to wait that long? Because he that endures to the, the end. Those are the ones that will receive. Uh-huh. Oga, are you, Mrs. Come. This is what we invested with for you. Jesus said it clearly in Luke chapter 12. He said, don't keep bank accounts that get eaten up and attacked in this time. Nobody reads those verses. He said, it is the Father's good will to give you, little flock, the kingdom. Next line, say, sell what you have. Who has read it before? Okay, you've heard a rumor that there's a verse like that. He said, you see, you see how to invest I don't blame people for not joining up on this thing. He said, sell what you have and give to the poor. What kind of wisdom is that? Among the ways you sell, I quoted in Luke 14, is to have things you organize and invite people that can't invite you back. Feed them. Keep giving. Form a habit of giving people that can't give back. When you are unlucky, do Solomon wisdom. Like Even Solomon was against this one. Just look for people. What do you call them? Fertile soil. Say fertile. Mm. I heard it once in my life. Since then, I've not suffered like that again. Fertile soil. They were saying it like a kind of wisdom. Where you give money to people that have money. Have you heard it before? Anyone here? Have you heard it before? If you have heard it, raise your hand. Let me see. A wisdom that means giving to people that already are looted. That is how to lose, the, you lose dividend on all sides. Solomon, Jesus, enterprise, all. You've lost in all. Because Solomon in Proverbs 12 said, He that gives to the rich will come to poverty. Go and read it. Call it fertile soil. Who can fertile soil is that? That's destructive. That's, that is bad. That's bad business. Every good business looks for sound return on investment. The more, the better. And the wisdom from above tells you, do you know what? You will get the best dividend if you plan long term. The best investments are long term. They are not short term. They don't give you their returns now, quickly. They are long term. You do them and forget. Have you read Matthew 25? He divided the sheep and the goods. And he said to the sheep, when I was hungry, you gave to me to eat. What did they respond? Oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Is that what, what does the Bible say? When I, me? You, you mean me? When? Ha, who has read this before? You don't sow into Jesus' company incorporated and think about it. You, 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 <laughs> it shows, it's not, and it's not an isolated incident. Ah, I was so good. Every December 25th, we go to motherless baby schools. Uh, cameras, cameras, please. We are here to... The Bible says... Oh, sorry. Jesus says, you have received your reward. As they were clapping. <laughs> reward, reward, reward. He hit the roof, fell down. Your shoulder went higher. That's all. Let's go home. You can collect the thing in a bottle and be inhaling. Play that video one million times. Watch it well. Make it, enlarge it. Frame it. Keep it big. Tell everyone right there very large. Me doing good. Because that's all you get. You want, it cannot be a once in a time event. 
It has to be a lifestyle for you to be forgetting it. It means you do it continually. It means it's how you live. It means you do... And they kept saying, every time... You visited me when I was in prison. Uh, uh, When? When you go and see someone that is bound, I've told you you don't have to go to a physical prison. I've been to the real prisons a few times. There are too many people visiting it. I don't know what they are doing. I'm not criticizing. God forgive how that, that sounds. Please, hear me. I believe they are doing nice things, giving a little here and there, you know. I went a few times with a brother that died recently, a lawyer. I haven't gone much. I haven't torn my heart out from not being able to go as much as I'd like to go. When I went the first time, I really wanted to go a lot more. I went. The second time I went was 10 years later. I went the first time I preached. I went the second time. 10 years later. I remember telling that brother, Barrister Udom, that just died this, this year. And I remember telling him that, do you know it's exactly 10 years? We went in 20, 2007. We went again in 2000. And, no, I don't think it was something. We went in 2006. And then went again in 2016. And I was like, wow. And on those occasions, he invited me. And I went along with him. Since I was around and to come, I was glad to go. You know? And I remember going the first time, I was really glad. Those people can sing. You guys can sing. The way they clapped and sang was so powerful. Wow! The second time I went, I was telling people, get ready. I went with Osama Bob. Say, come, let's go. I was disappointed. Why? They have instruments now. Chai. Chai. Oh, life. Life. Life is red. Why it wasn't nice was instruments. You couldn't hear what they were saying. This guy grabbed the mic and dominated the hall. Oh! Dominated everything. You can't even hear. He's doing prayer and worship. He has been corrupted. So loud. The first time. Hands, voice. Ah! Was I being a second a school, a girl's secondary school on Sunday, chapel morning? Have you heard this girl sing? I don't know about your kind of school, but they're interested. Everyone does, ah, at the same time. Like, any song, <laughs> just singing. Now, prison does not mean physical prison. People are bound everywhere. You're surrounded by bound people. May God open your eyes to see people in prison. You see that some of them, they dress so well. Deep, some are not in level one prison, some are in dungeons. See, there's levels to prison. I'm serious. I'm not joking at all. So pay attention. Some of you, you need to begin to ask God, Father God, show me what kind of prison is this person. Some people, you need to bring them out stage by stage. They're in levels. It's in depth. That's why many people, so born again, they got born again in prison. You brought them out. You just came out level one. They are still bound. And you're wondering, what's wrong with this person? It's prison. You found them in prison. You visited them in prison. You went. You broke them out from the stocks. They are still in prison. You can be free from stocks, but still in prison. Ask Paul and Silas. They say, don't kill yourself. We are still here. They were in prison. They thrust them into the innermost and put them in stocks. That's prison in prison in prison. Because if you break out of one, you're still there. You break out of another, you might still be within a room. Within a room. Shackles in a cell, in a prison. Yeah. And God wants to free people. In case you're wondering what's wrong with you, sometimes you look at your life and say, I don't know what is wrong with me. I'm setting you free by telling you. You better try and get out of prison completely. 
It's not enough to have the bonds off your hands. And you, I'm free. I'm free. No, you're not. I'm free. I'm free. You can't see over the fence. I'm free. What's on the other side? You're still in prison. It's high walls. May you receive understanding and get free completely. Mm, don't be too much in a haste. Ah, no, me, I'm free. Not that. What do you think Jesus meant when he told John chapter 8? Jesus said, verse 31, to those disciples which have believed on him. If you continue in my word, then will you know the truth. When you are born again in the spirit, you are only free stage one. You have to get free in your soul. You must be freed in your soul. That's how you see someone that is born again, living like an unbeliever. You can't understand what is wrong with him or her. You wonder, I thought you said you're born. What's wrong with you? Why is your life so messed up? It's prison yard activity. It's the routines of prison that have not left the person. The children of Israel had left Egypt. They were still in prison. It was internal. In the wilderness. It controlled them. And it typically, like most prison life, does not allow you to take charge of your life. And it destroys you eventually. Results in death. Unnecessary death. Joshua and Caleb were free. Jesus said to them, If you continue my word, then you will know the truth. Indeed. Then shall you be my disciples indeed. You know the truth, and the truth will set you free. What did they answer? We are not in bondage to any man. They argued with the truth. Foolish people. Unfortunately, till today, many are still arguing. Not learning. Arguing with the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. You don't argue with the truth. You don't tell the truth. You are lying. He's the truth. If he says it, he's so. How do you know if something is true? Who said it? Did you hear me? Did I just tell you how you know the truth? Who said it? If you've ever had an issue, an argument with someone, just find out. Say, my pastor said, Jesus said, just, uh, wait, 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 wait. What's the argument? What are we looking for? The truth? Good. Uh, who said young? Have you heard of Archbishop Toronto? Okay, stop. Who said young? Luke chapter, well, I keep quiet now. You didn't hear who they are quoting here? They are quoting the truth. His name is Jesus. If he said it, it is so. You don't raise up a counter response. Or you risk being told you have rejected the word of God. His name was Saul. He was not punished, I insist, for not killing all the Amalekites. He was punished for arguing with the Most High God. Samuel was in his house. God told him, come. I regret making this Saul king. Go, go find out and tell him. He stands up, goes. Before he gets there, he knows what God has said. Saul, the four nine king, stands there. Ha <laughs> ha! Oh, how blessed of the Lord. I've done what you commanded me to do. Samuel responds. Then what is the noise of all these animals I'm hearing? He said, oh, that one is... The people brought something for you to sacrifice your God. But I've done what you said I should do. Listen, let me tell you what God told me last night. He said, when you were not in your eyes, I picked you and made you king. Blah, blah, blah. Why have you not done the commandment of the Lord? Foolish, suicidal fellow. But I've done what God said. How many times? He just told the truth three times that the truth is a lie. Ha! Ah. Because you have rejected the word of God, God has rejected you from being king. If that is enough, it's enough. Like, off he went. 
Someone was so disgusted, he turned to walk away. The guy grabbed his clothes. He pulled away with force. He tore. You can't tear clothes. They, they wore clothes that look like ball up. Even your clothes, they can't tear like that. There was violence involved. Yeah! You know how you read it? It sounds like he was wearing soft silk. And saw hard claws. From... Is a lie? Was violence involved? Leave me! He tore. It wasn't some casual... So has the Lord rejected you from being king. Slow motion. The light. You know that you people say, Jesus said, One to you Pharisees. One to you scribes. One to you hypocrites. There's no such rendition. If it doesn't involve pointing fingers and a raised voice, it's not real. One to you. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ah, all those people with that kind of calling here, I, I doff my heart for all of you. I can't wait to see you explode. <laughs> Just walk into a pastor's conference, invisible, pass the door, straight up to the stage. They think they are waiting for the next speaker. Grab the mic. I have a word from the Lord for you today. Thus saith the Lord. Bam, 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 bam. Who is that small boy? Is that a madman? No, he's too well dressed to be mad. What's that? Security. And the Lord says, they grab you, they are pulling up. (laughs) Just pray they don't treat you how they treated Jeremiah because they took him. Flog that man. They flogged him. Then threw him into prison. Call commissioner of police, hand him over. Lock this idiot. The next day, freedom. <laughs> I think we read it on two Sundays ago. The guy came out of prison as they freeing him. He said, you have done. God said, you would die. <laughs> Jeremiah's life. You know, never forget that Jeremiah was a small boy. Don't ever, I insist you don't forget. You know all of you with your foolish, sorry, annoying storybooks. Everybody with baby. Everybody, everybody, long bed, long bed, everybody, big. So all of you, when you think of being called, you keep thinking of being old. Calling and old, as if they are synonyms. <laughs> when I'm old. No, that one is for later. All the people that God is calling now, say later, later. May God deliver you from missing your call. Uh, remember this investment in Jesus' company. It's usually done early. I've told you all the disciples were young. Only Peter was married. Only. Only Peter. Only Peter was married. Only didn't sound kind of fitting. Only Peter was married. All the rest. You think they were mad? They didn't know what marriage is. I've told you James and John were walking with their father. They were small boys. Teenagers. It is suspected that John was nine. I've told you, the one I saw, I think the people were trying to copy Jesus, a man leaning on a man's chest. I saw that last week. I felt very uncomfortable. <laughs> because men do not lean on men's chests. Where are your baby now? There's something ridiculous about this. lean on girls' chests. Men do not lean on men's chests. Say the one who laid his head on. It, it, was, I don't, it didn't sound like it's something that happened in that meal. It sounded like something that was the practice. The guy was a small boy. Why do you think the Bible says the one Jesus loved? 
How are you today, Johnny? Guy was a boy. Keep thinking this big. Jesus called them bondages, sort of thunder. These small, troublesome children. They were walking with their father. If you're not still convinced, when they wanted something from Jesus, they took their mother. Have you not read? They took their mother to go and beg. How can that be a big man? That's embarrassing now. Don't embarrass their memory like that. See a big man with bread according to your school. Mama, mama, come. Ugh. They were small boys. They were young. They were teenagers. Said, Please, can my two sons? They had to bring their mother. <laughs> small boys. And you read about them, you say the apostles. The apostles. Almost, you're older than them. All of you girls, you know in Bible times, all of you that have been married, you're all old. You don't know. You have been married since, with three children, four. Then you're your age. You have been married since. What are you staying for? 15, 16. 14, 15, 16. Something gone. Taken, take. Going, going, gone. Your education would have finished around 12, 13. Because of um, puberty and all the rest. But the truth of the matter is that Callings have nothing to do with age. These things we are discussing here, ah, there's so much rewiring of our brains that has to occur. God has to rewire our minds. When the Bible keeps saying, on the last days I'll pour my spirit upon your, upon your sons and daughters. Why didn't he say your men and women? Why does he say your sons and daughters, please? Why does it say your sons and your daughters? It's actually addressed to people, children. It's addressed to people. But it's telling the people, actually this message I'm giving you is for your children. If they were mature, you'd be talking to them. But he was not talking to them. So when it happened on Pentecost, Peter says, This is that which the prophet Joel said. That in the last days, you poured his spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters. In other words, we are your sons, we are your daughters. We look young. You might say, but the Bible keeps saying men. Men. How old do you think the Jews had two stages of life? Guess. Childhood and manhood. They did not have adolescence. That's a recent invention. Create a Confusion. There was nothing like adolescence. Adolescence is this thing we came up with that uh, people don't come out of. You enter it, depending on your financial status, you can stay there forever. The whites, the westerners came up with that. Horrible mistake. The Jews did not do it. 13 years old, 12, 13, you have your bar mitzvah. You're a man. That's why most African cultures had the same. They had coming of age ceremonies, initiation ceremonies. Go kill a lion. Go spend a night in the bush. Do something dangerous. Come back. You are now a man. And they are young men. So when you read, don't say. But the Bible says they were men. That would even show that your interpretation and understanding of scripture is still very interesting. Let's leave that alone. I think that side lesson should serve. Now listen. Among the mature, we speak a message of wisdom. But not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Do you see how the wisdom of the age will end? Where is it headed? 
So why are you so fascinated and vested in it? One day I may ask everyone to bring all the books they have or the list of all the books you have and I'll show you what you have invested in so far. Tell me the most popular books acquired by people. Christians especially. I'm interested in Christians' bookshelves. Tell me. The books you see often. Raise your hand before you talk. Quickly. I want to hear ten people. Quickly. Don't say it if you don't know. If you, if you are allergic to reading, just keep quiet. If you are given to books, you've seen people with books. You see people buy books. Popular books. I don't want to. I start talking now. I sound like I'm 15, 20 years old. So I, I don't want to say what was popular in my time. I could. Can I hear? Popular books. Christians. Are my glasses fogging over? Why am I seeing no hands? Which books are normally so? Thank you, dear. Matilda? Chicken Soup for the Soul. Are you sure that's popular here in Nigeria? In Nigeria? Love chicken soup books. Uh, uh, around, yes? 48 Laws of Power. Have you seen it before? Uh, see, I expect to hear how I'll know it's popular. I, I have an idea. But I'll ask and people will go like, yes. The 48 Laws of Power. I've told you that one is demonic. The Secret. Have you seen The Secret? You haven't? You haven't? You've se- you know about the Law of Attraction? Uh, but it's in the book called The Secret. That was the first. The second is The Magic. The third was the... What's the third one? Rhonda Bryan. That was her name. It's still popular. That's the one I wanted to mention. It was popular when I was finishing university. Around then. It's still popular. Have you seen Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Oh, 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 oh you have. Uh, it must be a very spiritual book. Eat That Frog. It has to do with not procrastinating, yes? What else? Think and Grow Rich. The richest man in Babylon. Why you act the way you do is still popular. Tim Lahaye, very long time, yes? The power of positive thinking. No, I'm just still selling. Whoa. He's been dead since. 50th law. I have not seen that. Oh, is it the same Robert Greene? He added the 50th. That, that guy, this guy is now to make money. How to win friends and friends. That's an ancient, excuse me. An ancient and it's dead um, by um, Carnegie Dell. Yes. Uh-huh. The Law of Attraction. I don't know that's a real book. Okay. Five of Languages. Women. <coughs> Gary Chapman. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Act like a woman, think like a man. That guy is supposed to be born again, but his head is not totally correct. <laughs> that guy. Very funny guy. He's a black, he's not white. Yes? You've run out. It's okay. Men are from Mars. Winner from... That must be a new one. I haven't even come across it. Men are like what? Fufu? <laughs> uh, waffles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they say men are like waffles. <laughs> and women are like spaghetti. Okay, yeah, I've seen... No, they've been adding. They love them first, then they marry them, then other things follow. You know? Yeah. Anything that sells. Okay, sorry. I don't understand. I asked about books that Christians read a lot. If you mention all the books in the world. No, you haven't mentioned a single, like, Christian book. Like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Benny Hinn. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Gifted Hands, Ben Carson. Think big, all of it, Ben Carson. The greatest part in the world. I don't know that one. How I'll know you people know books is when you think in authors. <laughs> By... Benny Hinn too, and it followed in that series, The Anointing. Yeah. 
Just stop now. All right. Thank you. God bless you. Daughter of Destiny is by uh, Katrin, is Jamie Buckham about Katrin Kuman. All right. So, fine. Thank you. Awesome. Some of them are not as popular as some. Some of them are, are um, you know, just there. I mean, they've been around. You know, you see some once in a while. You hear, but some, like, you see why revival tarries. Then, but somehow, it, it's there in the bookshop, but um, it's like it's not practiced much. It's like, we, it's not that it's not there. It's not that people don't sometimes buy the better books. Spiritual looking to have a that looks a bit more balanced, yes? But it seems some jump out and grip everyone and own the public space and the discussion points. And you will notice that most of them have to do with present day pursuits. The Bible says they will come to nothing. We, we read that here. We have the choice of either believing that or not believing it. God promises you it will come to nothing. The wisdom that the rulers of this age, take notes, it's not just the wisdom of this age. They say, or of the rulers of this age. Do you understand how that works? The people that use it end up ruling in this age. Are we together? The people that practice this wisdom rule the age. I am... An admirer, even though I've not read many of them, okay, I've read almost none. It's horrible. Remember being asked by a lady, and I was working with an ICT firm, and she once asked if we've read the book by Bill Gates. What do you call that thick book? He has a book, story, uh, stuff. And uh, by Bill Gates, and he, and the woman asked, I'm sure you've read. I said no. She said, ah, no, you must have read. You have to read. I think my boss bought it after that. <laughs> my former boss. <laughs> but I don't even read it. Anyway, uh, now I work for Jesus. Now, hear me. Somehow, I have been a great admirer. I've loved books since I was young, etc. I have a thirst for knowledge. I wish I could cram all the books in the world into my head at once, etc. I've realized I won't be able to do a lot of that, so I've pushed it off to the world to come. I'm going to catch up a whole lot. When I, can, when I have the software for book transference, I'll just touch the book. Zoom. I'm going to be reading. Zoom. I'll just run through a library. <laughs> That's your own. Be laughing. It will be one of my powers. You're laughing. This funny guy called Mix or Pix, whatever his name is. Mentally deranged fellow. Have you seen it? He reads two pages at a time with his two different eyes. He's alive now. Except he has died though. Is he dead? Still alive. He goes like this. He, at, when I saw him, he was in his 50s. In that video, he was in his 50s. He reads like this. Mm, one eye is reading this side. One eye is reading this side. He remembers 98% of everything he has ever read. All. Ask him anything. Anything. Um, 7th of August, 1437. On that day, the king of England killed his... Anything. He's a human being, walking and talking. Oh, did I tell you he's mentally deranged? He's not okay. He's a doddering idiot. And when the man went to say bye-bye, he hugged it. Like a child. 
His head is not okay. He can't deny I can't marry. He's not okay. But he's the most powerful brain on the world is in the body of a drooling imbecile. Talk about talk about paradoxes. <laughs> Who does that? That's God trying to let you know how far. Oh, you don't understand? That's God letting you know how... Oh, you want Sabi book? Make I show you how to Sabi book. I will make you... You will be so messed up that you will be a living computer. Information absorption, 100%. Every other thing, zero. Who wants? Okay, so I was saying, if this guy can do it, Haba, Minko, in the, with super body, I'll do anything. It's just a matter of time. Be laughing at me, wait. You see me in the world to come. Now, the Bible says... That the rulers of this age, the people that rule this age, operate in a certain wisdom. I am here to inform you, dear children of God, that there is a price for wanting to be a ruler in this age. I did not say on this earth. Please distinguish. We are not studying that today, but we've taught it when we were teaching. When you go through our different believers' classes and you get to... Resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. We study, we explain the difference carefully from scripture about there's the time, there's the times, there's seasons with God, the ages. You are in an age now. There's another age. After this age, you could say the church age, there's a millennial age. There's another age following, the age of the ages, the Bible calls it. Like the final age out of a three-age phase. If you live wisely according to the Jesus wisdom to plan for the future age. If you live foolishly in the light of the Jesus wisdom, you live for this age. And you cannot eat your cake and have it. Don't bother. You can't be a ruler of this age and a ruler of the next age. Every time I hear people, respected people, try to, because they have not received understanding. They don't understand. You know this thing, I've told you before, understanding, you can't go to school and get it. (laughs) It's the spirit of understanding. It's an anointing of the spirit. It is an embodiment of the spirit of God. It is given and there's a price for it. It's like having the other one takes away your ability to have this one. It's divinely given. You can't make it happen. You can't study it into existence. Just like that. If God how do I know? Matthew 13. Many wise men and prophets desire to look into these things. He looked at his disciples and said, How blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears that they hear. It is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. It is given to you. Did you hear? When I say it's given, you can't come up, you can't sow into it, you can't sow a seed to make it happen. The seed you sow is not that kind of seed. The seed of following the master and the times and the seasons. And they say, and Jesus qualified it for them, said, many wise men and righteous tried to know these things, but could not. It wasn't given to them. Have you been told that Isaiah and Jeremiah prophesied things, Ezekiel, that they did not understand? 
You think they understood it. They were just saying, and this, and that, and this. They hadn't a clue. They desired to look into it. Angels desired to look into it. But there is a batch of people who are being dashed. Have you heard before, to whom much is given, much is the last day church, so much is expected of us. Because you're doing things that, these things we are discussing casually this evening here. These things we are talking about. Lightly, as though if I was in a pastor's conference, they would be standing on their chairs. Because the average man has never heard anything like it before. Never. Why are you busy thinking like, well, this is strange, this is different. No, no, no. This is what people would die for. It's given. Daniel kept asking the angel, tell me more. Finally, he kept answering. Finally, the angel said, Daniel, go. When your time comes, you sleep in the dust. At the end, you wake up. Go. This thing is, knowledge shall increase. Many will run to and fro. The information highway will be developed. Stuff is coming. Do you, there's nobody that has had the internet. Nobody before now. No, no, there's nothing. There's ne- the internet. The internet is information on speed. That's a kind of drug. If you know the amount of good stuff on the internet, your head will explode. I didn't say bad stuff. I said good stuff. Books from 16, 17. Stuff. Books that existed. Two, three, one in a library. In England, books, books from, from forever. The internet has them somewhere, some. Click, click, click. And they are public domain books mostly. That means they are free. You don't need to steal this one or borrow or beg. Free. The things on the internet, there has never been a time like this. Never. You have access to the best of the best. Of the best. The question is, what are you doing with it? You know how people argue? I see people argue. How do you pronounce it? No, they pronounce it. I get slightly irritated. What's wrong with you? Don't you have a smartphone? Why are you arguing about it? Why should you argue about anything you can just find out? Tap, tap, tap. What's the solution to all questions? Ask Google. Just ask. Humble yourself and ask. Pride is so annoying. If people argue about ridiculous things, why don't you just check? And to be honest, I have seen weird stuff in my life. I have been in meetings, not serious meetings, casual. And something is pulled out on, from the internet and, they, and people argue with it because it's contrary to what they believe. Shocking. Uh, human nature is wonderful. <laughs> I don't mean stupid people, I mean very intelligent people. Pride. Kai. I... I if there's a thing I feel like doffing my heart for, it's pride. It's, it's an amazing thing. And we are arguing. And, and we just, I say, no, it's this. I say, no, it's this. I say, let's check now. I've seen, I've started pulling out things from the Bible before. And Christians say, don't show me anything. <laughs> Let me sit down so I can have properly. I say something. And they said, no, don't even start saying that kind of thing. I say, but it's in the Bible. It's not a Bible. Let me say, say, don't show me anything. I'm like, what? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> May I never be like that. Oh, God, help me. <laughs> May I never not want to see the Bible because it might prove me wrong. 
What a horrible, what a horrible thing. Ah, book where they go use for your exams on the last day. You don't want to see it now. They want to show you expo. Instead of saying, show me, show me. Say, no, don't show me. I don't want to see it. And after I laughed, then one of the people said, show me. You know, there's this kind of show me. Like, <laughs> so I opened it and gave the person to read. Have you seen someone read something like this before? <laughs> This is real life stuff. Uh, maybe you guys have not been interesting with interesting people, but it's so common. They actually don't want to know. It's, it's about to demolish what they believed. They don't want to see it. Don't, don't show me. I don't want to know I was wrong. Ah, but that's a wisdom that is not wise. Alright, the Bible says that the rulers of this age have a wisdom which is coming to nothing. And I am pressing home the point, dear children of God, why would you want a wisdom where they come to 0% profit? Why? Why would you want that kind of wisdom? Who invests to get nothing? But I am saying it is so common that it is scary. How do I know the average, even so-called servant of God is preaching this wisdom? Because he's using his examples from who? The rulers of this age. Don't you know who the rulers of this age are? Name them. Number one, Bill Gates. Number two, Warren Buffett. Number three, oh, Zuckerberg. Yes. Number four, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook. Yes. I'm not listing any particular order. Name should be coming to your mind. Uh-huh, African version. Uh-huh, Mike Adenuga. Eh? Jim Ibrahim. Don't mention people that are using our all block money. Oh. He's doing business. He took our all block money. You know? Well, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, who else? Name them. Huh? Name the people your pastor uses as example all the time. Obama. Oprah Winfrey. No, just don't mention every famous name you can think of in case you mistake. I mean rulers. Yeah, but the Karl Did you say Karl the, the leaders of thoughts. The people who have said things that shape the world. You think the rulers of this age are government leaders? Did you hear those people mention all the names we've called so far? Which of them are government leaders? None. Bill Gates' domain is worldwide. Doesn't rule a, 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 a simple country. What is a country? A country is one small space, geographic space. Bill Gates rules everywhere. His software, there are two types. Okay, three now. But two major types of computers in the world. Yes? One is Microsoft. The other is Apple. You can't do anything about it for a while. We've added Android or open, you know, the whole open source software, Ubuntu type, you know, Linux based, all of those kinds. But all those things are the people that control thoughts. You know they found out that the CIA used to hide stuff in those Apple computers. Everything you're doing is heading somewhere. <laughs> oh, this one is not my home. I'm just passing through, I'm telling you. It is this world in the sense of are you hearing? I've heard people preach it, but they are not they are not clear on what they are preaching. This age should not be your own. Do you, do you understand? When the world uses, uses the word cosmos, 
This age, the, the present, the word cosmos for world, about three or four different use interpreted world in your King James. G, terraforma, this land, the earth, the terrestrial plane, hard, solid, G, you know, GE, for you have geography and geology and all that, you know. And then I think Oikomenes is another rendition. Then there's cosmos, which speaks of the present order of things. Same word from which you have cosmetics. Cosmeo. When the Bible talks about adornment, you know, it's referring to the word cosmeo. Cosmetic. Cosmos. Arrangement. Arrangement. When they tell women, you're arranging your face. It's not, it's actually in the root word. Very similar. You know, to put things in a certain place. This present, but there's the word we just used. Age. Eon. Eon. It refers to a space of time. A space of time. This space of time is not our own. Are you hearing me? Some of you may say, No! It is this time. Enjoy. Enjoy. God bless you and help you. You are not disqualified from being a child of the king. We've explained this. I want to explain it today. I don't believe you will not go to heaven. You can go to heaven well. I'm serious. I'm not pulling your legs. True. You can be wealthy and go to heaven. That Jesus did not mean that rich men don't make heaven. It, all this is errors of understanding. The kingdom of God is not heaven. Ah! Heaven comes to earth. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. It was referring to the span of time when the king will rule. The millennial reign. It was a span of time and there's a category of people that typically will not be afforded the privilege of exerting authority then. And rich men are amongst the ones because they are rulers in this age. So by that, they disqualify themselves. We studied this a week or two ago. I mentioned it. And Jesus said, it is with God only that it is possible that a rich man will be amongst those in the It didn't mean we'll go to heaven. What qualifies you for heaven is that your sins are forgiven. The blood has washed you. You have been chosen and separated. You've been called by God. You've responded to the call. Be saved. You have acknowledged you are a sinner. You have received his washing. You acknowledge you cannot save yourself. That's what it means. That, that, the kingdom of God is a span of time. Jesus said, we are to preach the kingdom, then the end will come. That's why I preach the kingdom. If you ever wonder why my messages are strange, I don't preach the gospel of Christ. The good news of Christ is that there is a solution, forgiveness of sin. I don't focus on it. I focus on the preaching of the kingdom of Christ, if you want to say. That is that time span. When the king will rule. Jesus said, go and preach the kingdom. But when he was telling them in Matthew 24, he said, and this gospel of the kingdom will be in all the earth. And then the end will come. But before that, there will be disasters and troubles and bed pangs. He said, but the end is not yet. The end cannot come till the gospel of the kingdom is preached. I've given you many reasons over time about how I know the end is not upon us. It cannot come. Almost nobody preaches the gospel of the kingdom. How can the end come? The scriptures cannot be broken. You can't change scriptural prophecy. 
can change everything else. You can't change scriptural prophecy. Scriptural prophecy is that the gospel of the kingdom must be preached before the end comes. The most you experience is disasters and horrible things. And they will happen. People are going to shout and say, ah, the end is here. They will be, Ebola killed how many people in Nigeria? 11? They went up to 20. We were making noise, afraid. The black plague in about 13 something killed two thirds. I would go a little lower. So it's Akbabio that said two thirds for the record. <laughs> I want to say above 50%, okay? Of Europe. Do, do you understand? The black plague killed more than half of the population. Just, ex- hey, just picture for every person. That they, according to Aquabio's calculations, for every three people, two died. For every three people, two died. I would say for every two people, at least one died. One and small. Extra. <laughs> a leg and a hand. <laughs> for every four people, for every five people, or, no, for every uh, uh, five people, I would say that. For every five, at least three died. Of course, the figures can't be accurate. That's the truth of the matter. You can't be that. The, the, the record keeping wasn't thorough enough, so we can't know. But I like always underestimating bad stuff. Always. So, I prefer to go be underestimated. It's my nature, okay? If I'm talking about money, I'd rather underestimate always. That's my cautious nature, you know? Some of you are bold and daring. Now, can you picture those things came on this world? What do you think the people then said? The end has come. That was 13 something. Here we are. <laughs> At the end. You people think 11 people there and you'll be shocked. See, when they preach the gospel of the kingdom to you, be grateful and dig into God's face because your earth, if that was 13 something and the bed pangs, as we preached last week, get worse and worse, what do you think will come on this earth? And the end will not come. What do you think will come? Can you picture? See, I've often said a lack of knowledge of history has done more harm to us than you can comprehend. Because we keep thinking we are the first people that are experiencing anything. The only thing that has increased dramatically, massively, are natural disasters, earthquakes, and hurricanes. There's never been so many. Earthquakes especially. They've been driving dramatically in the last 50 years. It's, look, go and look at the records. Shocking. The number of earthquakes compared to 50 years ago. They keep increasing every 10 years. Massive increase, not slight. Not like they were 50 last year, 100. No, it's like they were 50 this year, the next year, 5,000, that kind of thing. Massive leaps in numbers of earthquakes. Those are bad pangs. The earth is getting ready to bring forth, you know, the end. But it is not yet. So expect, I preached this, the, the day after I preached it, monkeypox or two. A day or two after, they started talking about mon- monkeypox. We were here, Abby. I said it. I said there will be diseases we have never heard of. Two days later, they started talking about it. There will be every kind of thing in this world. There will be horrible things. People will die. I don't know if they still talk like this. Ton ton. Who knows English? Eh? That's ton ton. Hyphen in between. There will be things. Horrible. This earth. The end will not be yet. People will be saying, ah, <laughs> it's the end. Jesus is coming tomorrow. He's not coming nothing. You'll be around. You will see what will happen. Do you know what this means? 
It is extremely foolish to build your house on the wisdom that comes to nothing. It is so foolish. Everything now that sounds like foolish preaching that I'm preaching. Uh, what has this to do with our life? Is it not just to wait for the rapture? The end will not come yet. I've said this how many times? I told you, I told some brethren in Medugri in the year 2000. I told them the end will not come yet. They looked at me. They said, they said something and said, if the Lord tarries. I said, oh, he will tarry. I didn't even know half of what I know now. Oh, I, but that's 20 years ago. Almost 20 years ago. Oh, I, 17. I said, he will tarry. They were like, you could see the shock on their poor Christian faces. Because we've been taught that it is spiritual to sound alarmist. It's not. It's good to tell people the truth. There is time to build an ark. God is giving us time, even though we are running out of the time. Sir. Have you built your ark? God is giving you time. He gave Noah 100 years plus. It's probably 120. To build the ark. We've been given time. Build. Build your ark. What is your ark? It will be built with wisdom. And with understanding. And with knowledge. Three levels. You need wisdom. In, all your, in wisdom is the principal thing. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Out of the Lord's mouth comes wisdom understanding and knowledge there is one source for the three levels what are they wisdom understanding, knowledge all of them come out of where the lord's mouth you want to be safe you want the wisdom from above i'm going to wrap up here take a question or two and we pray you want the wisdom from above the bible says none of the rulers of this will have it i haven't even gone down to where the bible talks about how to access his own wisdom we will look at it next week god help you as you come. But I want us to take maybe a question or two. Because this is supposed to be a Bible study. And I want to go back to the format where I allow people to ask questions and get answers. And you know, say something. Yes, any questions? But I'll give you a few seconds. If there's no hand, it means you didn't have a question. And I am guiltless. Thank God. Sorry, I came late. But mm. something I heard just now you said um, you said the kingdom of God will not come but you didn't tell us I was expecting to hear until until something but I didn't hear that it will not come until you didn't until the gospel of the kingdom is preached in all the earth I just said it okay. there are many other things Matthew 24 go read it Matthew 24 I, I usually give answers in the Bible passages I mentioned So when you go read Matthew 24 You're going to see the different things But amongst the things is the major, A major sign is that the gospel of the kingdom Will be preached in the whole earth The kinds of things I am saying now They won't be in one place, two places Five, ten, hundred It will be all over the place Everybody will get to know Ah! For now God is looking to send He's looking for people that will change. Can you imagine preaching this in all the churches in the country? They will not be greedy Christians. Oh, be honest. You people keep talking about corruption and nonsense. Touch the churches. Did you hear what Simbajo said on Sunday? Who read the news? That if churches are to preach what they should preach. I'm not paraphrasing properly. But the summary was that if the churches did their part properly. That Nigeria would change. Didn't you know? I preached a message here some weeks ago, a month ago, about who is responsible for Nigeria's problems. Were you here? 
We put it on the classroom now. If you are not here, you should have read it. The summary. But get the main audience and listen. Who do you think is responsible? We keep pointing fingers. I get very irritated with people pointing fingers up and down. They are for the sinning Christians sitting in front of church lying. If their pastors would tell them the soul that sinned shall die. Everything would have changed since. And then goes on to elaborate what sin is. Instead of saying, fornication, adult upon that. Look at the amount of fornication and adultery in the body of Christ worldwide. We don't take data here. And we have a lot of hypocrisy here. Outside to everywhere. But an American psychologist was talking about, and this is maybe 20 or 30 years old information, that above 50 to 70% of Christian leaders he has talked to are living in fornication. What are we talking about? We have the audacity to be pointing at the world and say, Our rulers! Instead of hiding our faces under the chair. You do, we, I said, if you want to see revival, nobody else needs to do anything except Christians. Oh, just get all the Christians being honest, repenting properly. God, I am sorry. I'm a sinner. Forgive me. I'll not begin. You will be my accountability partner. Be asking me what I did yesterday. That's all. I seem to run, go and confess. <laughs> okay, what do I do? Born, delete her number. Do this, do that. There will be revival everywhere. You will go to an office. The woman is honest. Uh, my name is this. I can't find out your file. The file is just next to her under there. You have to come back tomorrow. Bring 200 naira. Let the church be Christians that none of them does that. Let her go to church. When she goes to church and prays and says, God, I am praying for my son. Help my son. God will answer and the son will not steal. And they will not lock him up. And she will not have to take bribes to bail him out. Because she was honest in her office. So when she carries her hands, the Bible says, let men pray everywhere without wrath and doubting. If you ask according to my will, he, what happens when you don't ask according to his will? When you come with dirty, defiled hands and pray, God will not hear you. The prayer of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. All these things, let just Christians change. What wonders? Then Christians have the audacity. In this country, the Bible says, pray for those that are in authority, that your lives may, you may live peaceable and quiet lives. Are we not praying? Every Sunday we don't fail to pray. This is the problem. The one that answers prayers does not answer you. You can't lift your hands in his presence. When you do, you, the angels go, ah, are they still kind of hand? Don't you know all prayer collects like incense? Angels collect them and take to him. There ought to be a sweet smelling savor. He goes, the Bible says they collect it into a cup and the father collects it. And when it is full, what does he say? Revelations. He turns it on the earth and it comes like thunder and lightning. When they turn your cup and there's nothing inside, what do you expect? You won't even hear a whimper. You're looking for thunder and lightning. Say, every enemy die. Your enemy is growing fatter. That has three cars. Because when they turn, instead of thunder and lightning coming out, maybe blessings pour out, sprinklings, gold dust, showers of blessing. <laughs> you have not read. I've showed you guys in the Bible. With that passage that says one shall chase a thousand, two shall ten t- chase ten thousand. There are new people here, I'll tell you. The ten thousand they were chasing were ten thousand Christians. It's a horrible passage. Since you were born, have you not heard them quoting it? Who has not heard it? It was not talking about Christians. They were chasing Christians. Unbelievers were chasing Christians. Don't make me open it. Go and read. 
Deuteronomy chapter 4. Is it 32? They were chasing Christians. The Bible says, how they be handed over, except their rock had handed them over. It was talking about the punishment of Christians. Have you found it? Why now? Because there are so many doubting faces. Deuteronomy, the last, is it 38, 32? Give me. 32, 30. It says, how could one chase? Listen, let the... Beautiful, it's the Spirit of God. Listen to verse 20, 28. For they are a nation void of counsel. Nor is there any understanding in them. Read from the beginning, you know it's talking about Israel. It's not talking about the world or Nigeria. It's talking about the holy nation. His people. Oh, that they were wise. This is exactly how I'm feeling. Oh, that they were wise. That they understood this. That they would consider their latter end. Are you hearing what I've been preaching this night? If only when you think whatever you think, you're thinking about the latter end. Instead of thinking about now, 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 now. When you are void of counsel, nobody is counseling you properly. God is counseling all of you right now. For the past two hours plus, you've been counseled properly. But they were void of counsel. When you are not getting proper counsel, when there's an absence, empty of counsel, you will not be wise. And he says, oh, that they were wise. Then they will consider what? What do wise people do? They consider what? The latter end. They don't consider now. They consider the later, later end of matters. How could one chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight unless the rock had sold them and the Lord had surrendered them? Who do you think he's talking about? That's the passage you've been quoting against your enemies all your life. He was talking about you. Go home and call your family, gather them and say, read, read. <laughs> Just form a pit, cry properly. And wonder why nobody saw it. Even though it's written in English. You like to quote. You know we grew up hearing these things quoted. You just grab that. Add it to your repertoire of missiles. One. Your word says one shall chase a ten thousand. God says yes. Two. Ten thousand. Yes. Father. Be it unto me according to your word. Of course. <laughs> of course. Get ready to suffer. That's why you run helter-skelter up and down. God doesn't seem to hear you. Christians, hey, wonderful people. Beautiful people. If I didn't love church so much that I am part of the church. Oh, Jesus. Oh. As powerful. The Bible says, who is this like matches like an army with banners? There's nothing like the church. But she has been like a prostitute. Sleeping with everything. Have you read Jeremiah? Have you read Ezekiel? Have you heard God complaining about it? He compares them to a prostitute that they are sleeping with everything. Having affairs with everything. With government. With this. With everything. That's how God sees. And say, look at my wife. See person where I buy. See person where I pay for. Bright price. Entering into affairs with everything. Compromising everything. 
Then when you see the small part that says, no, let's do what is right, they say, they attack it. You're trying to think you're better than us. Everybody is flirting here. Let's flirt. Let's, let's beg for money. I was somewhere yesterday, and someone came begging for money. I said, don't give me. I was to be fun. I said, collect money from him. I'm a pastor. <laughs> so she went to him. I don't even empty his pocket. I know he gave her money. And I told her, and they started criticizing Church of Christ. That Church of Christ, that someone said, if you go to Church of Christ, they will, and ask money, they will, they will tell you where the God said you should beg for money. And the girl wanted to start criticizing. I couldn't keep quiet anymore. I said, yes, are they wrong? Are they wrong? You go around begging money from everybody on the streets in the name of donate towards our, donate towards our, our what? Your God cannot sponsor what you need. How can you be begging on the streets? The money you're collecting, who are the people you're collecting from? Do you know the people that are prone to give money every chance they have are usually people with a guilty conscience? Don't you know? I don't mean giving to the poor. I mean giving towards church. Take care. 50, 100. Take, 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 take. They are like, ah, I don't go to church. Five months now. May I give my offering here? They will happily give you. Thank God for a moving offering basket on the streets. And you're like, God bless you, sir. God bless you. Why are you begging for that money? I asked her. That's when I asked her. I said, what is this thing for? I wasn't nasty. I was... A bit gentle. I said, what's that? I said, children's rally. What's children's rally? Said, don't you know children's rally? I said, I don't know. Sincerely, I don't know. You know, I kept on. Uh, you know, I said, okay. I said, so why don't they have grown-ups in this church for children's rally? They said, no, it's a new church. I said, so where did the children come from? Where did the children come from? You mean they don't have parents? Why can't the parents give five, five hundred, one, one thousand? What's this? Why do you go around begging money for everyone? It gives the impression, and this is why I don't like it. It gives the impression God cannot provide. So you beg Muslim, you beg atheist, you beg Hare Krishna, you beg occultists, you beg everything for money. So they were like, hmm, God, you know I've supported you. You know you can't take care of your house. So I've been sponsoring your works. That's how you give them false confidence. And she said, no, it's for uniform and then for gift. I said, what uniform? I said, what uniform? What's the uniform for? What's wrong with their clothes? Why do they need a uniform? No, I'm not playing. I know we do this at the big stage. Then we teach them from small age. They go around begging. We beg. We beg. This one was not a small child. It was a, 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 a probably late teens, if not 20, you know, a tween. So, and, and, we, and she said, I'm doing the work of God. And I told her, well, and I began to talk about Mary and Martha. The moment I mentioned scripture, she shot me out. As long as we were still talking, she was open. The moment I mentioned scripture, she went, Ah, let me come and I'm tired. I, she started talking to the girl in the shop. I said, are you listening to me? She said, I'm tired. And I said, that's exactly what I was saying. And I said, but you were not tired when you were moving around. She said, this one is the work of God. I said, you see, that passage I started telling you, that's exactly what I was telling you. Mary was sitting and listening to God's word. Martha was busy everywhere. What is the work of God? Have you read it? John chapter 6. What must we do to work the work of God? Jesus answered that you believe. The work of God is that you believe in him whom he has sent. What do you believe? Romans chapter 10 verse 14, 15. Clearly he answers. How will they believe except they have a preacher? What is the work of God? Listening to God's word and going and doing it. Mary was saying the work of God is listening to the word of God. No. Matter, matter. Matter did not rebuke Mary. 
Martha rebuked Jesus. That's exactly the amount of pride that, in quote, the fake work of God will put in you. She looked at the Lord and said, don't you care? That my sister has left all my work. She was not facing Mary. She was facing Jesus. Don't you care? I'm disappointed in you. You call yourself a rabbi. Look at it. You don't even have the discernment. If you were a man of God, if you were the son of God, you'd know that you ought to by the spirit or by your eyes tell my sister to help me walk. Jesus. Uh, uh, sorry, you can't call Jesus. He's sitting in front. Like, she rebuked her Lord. She was so sure that she was doing God's work that she rebuked God. For Jesus to shut her up and get her to listen, we had to call her name twice. Even Lazarus, he called once. Lazarus, comfort, a dead man, four days, got up. Mata! Mata! Take your Bible, I'd finish preaching on you. I don't know how you brought me here again. Sweet people of God, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached. The gospel of kingdom is a gospel of not the wisdom of this world, of the rulers of this age. It's a wisdom of another age. When you preach it to people, do you know what you end up telling them? Jesus didn't say it once. You'd end up telling people like, sell what you have, give to the poor. <laughs> Come and follow me. It doesn't mean you go give away all you have immediately. It simply means that you live life holding all your property like this. You walk around life like this. God said, uh, give that thing to you. Oh, who? Okay. How much? Half. Take you walk around life like this. Not, not the outer pocket. Oh, you see this inner one? No, you must be wise. For my children's children. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. You better go and read James chapter, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6. Whoa! Rich men, you have stored up riches for the last days. You are a fool when you store up riches in the last days. You won't eat it. That's idiocy. And I've shared it before. Do not ever quote Abraham. Because Abraham had a household of not less than 1,000 people. So don't talk about Abraham's wealth. He was so wealthy that Isaac had to work for his own money. Have you not read? Oh, oh, oh. Where were you when I preached it? Well, you know, yeah? Isaac worked for his own money. Why do you talk about it? Isaac sold a hundred and ripped a hundredfold. Why did he need it? And the Bible says, and he works great and became yet greater. What do you think happened? Don't you know that God always comes after each individual? Puts you through your own process? He made sure every, there was a proper famine. Not as the same one as in the days of Abraham, his father. Took away everything, dried it. When Isaac came down to ground zero, he goes, Isaac, are you ready? Now let me help you. So you will not say, like your father said, so you will not say that you made Abraham wealthy. You too. So you won't say that Abraham made you wealthy. Let me make you wealthy personally. It's a process of God. You want a third quote, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, a matter of established. Who gave Jacob his wealth? Was there a single goat in Jacob's wealth? Did he leave his father's house with animals? He left alone. He slept on a stone pillow. And when it was time, God gave him his wealth. So why do you keep talking about the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of wealth, the God of... You keep looking like one of these creatures. Let us just stop this thing. If you want to know the truth, God will tell you the truth. If you humble yourself, he will show you things. 
Which of the things have I said this night that is not scriptural? Which one? But how come most of us have believed the exact opposite all these years? Even though it's all been in the Bible. Because if eyes have not been given to you to see, he told the church in Laodicea, you say you are wealthy, you lack nothing, you do not know you are blind. They were not physically blind, they were spiritually blind. When they opened their Bibles, they never saw what was inside. The treasures of wisdom and knowledge were not given to them. They could not dig and discover it. So you can be saying the exact opposite of God's heart. Preaching it loudly and powerfully. And everybody in the house is shouting, Preach it, preacher! I'm saying the opposite of God's heart. And God is like shaking his head. And saying lies. Lie. Oh, na lie. Even Muhammad, no, no, lie. Sorry, I, I, I don't think that's how they say it. Whatever, someone said, don't say it amongst Muslims, so you're on your own. Lie, lie, oh, no, lie. Even Muhammad, no, no, lie. We can't criticize Muhammad, we are guilty. We are going to pray this night. The end is upon us. Sweet children of God, the end is upon us. It's not, I don't think it's in five years. I don't think it's in ten years. My opinion, I don't think it's in... 15 necessary. This is 217. It's much. It's, uh, let, let's keep 10 years safe. Say 10 plus. Around, you know, or maybe 20 or 30. I don't know. It's not going to happen how you think. It's not going to be pam, pam, ah, the earth falls up. No, 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 no. It's going to be a phasing. It's going to be a gradient. It's going to move from face to face. But amongst the things I know is that the natural disasters will increase. Lots of horrible things will increase. And it will be extremely wise that you have accumulated shares. In the wise cooperation of God Almighty. Because you might need to draw on healing and miracles and Philip airline transportation tickets. You might need to be operating in supernatural giftings. And it is very hard if you are unfaithful in financial matters to be faithful in the true riches. The true riches of God are supernatural. How? When there is a need for food, one person's meal feeds 5,000 people. And there will be more change than the initial money you put in. Have you read this before? Five loaves, one basket, seven baskets, twelve baskets at the end. You cannot operate in someone's wisdom. And achieve that. Do you understand? So the real question is who is the wise person at the end? The one who can catch a fish to produce money. The one that can feed thousands of people with one person's meal. Who is the wise person? There is a wisdom better than Solomon. Solomon's wisdom will plan and save enough money. But what is enough when the need has no end? What is enough when the disease has no cure? What is enough when there is no escape? What is enough when people come in here with guns, stand here, open fire, ge, 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 ge. how much money can stop a bullet? What is enough when troubles, when there is an earthquake, this ground starts opening? What is enough when a flood comes through, a plane crashes through? What is enough if you are in a plane and you choose to kiss the soil? What is enough? 
Can your cash save you? Have you not noticed that when planes crash, rich people die? Because poor people cannot fly. What is enough? What is enough? When the towers fell, what is enough? It's only God. When the towers fell, I heard about 11 Christians from one church. None of them was at work. None. These are Americans, not Nigerians. None was in the office. Something happened to all of them that morning. You can't buy that. You can't save enough money to make that happen. Oh, who is the wise man? Who is the one endowed with wisdom? Let him show through the meekness of wisdom. His works driven by love. Do good to people. Wisdom from above. Patient with people. Kind with people. Share what you have. Semester has begun. People don't have where to stay. Give them where. To. This is how you invest. Someone does not seem to have enough money. When you're buying that bread, buy two loaves. Don't buy one. Don't buy one. Where do you buy one? You see the person sipping gari unnecessarily up and down. You think they were born with a gari spoon? What do you need? You need a vision. You want an angel? Boom, my daughter. I am Gabriel sent to tell you. Thou shalt give bread to your brother. A Gabriel does not run those kinds of errands. Say no, but I didn't know. I wasn't led. May I not pray for your lecture not to be led to give you a question paper when it's time for them? I'm not led. The Bible says you should be spurring one another to do good. Do good normally. This is wisdom from above. It says, be normally good where you are. Once in a while, you know, in this uh, gathering, this uh, congregation, you're going to have to, I give you permission to rebuke your brother or sister. Slight, say, come first, wait. This is the third day. You have bought fish and eaten alone. You think I don't like fish? When did I say I only like meat? Tell it. In fact, I'm being nice there. Better still, as they keep the fish and bring out a napkin and put ready to eat. Just take the fish. Do you want? All this, uh, well, no, me, I'm not just like that. Just stop it. Just, just stop it. You know, you know, I do weird stuff. I come in here, uh, once in a while I come, I see someone with biscuits and they seem to be, I, I'm not saying they're selfish, sweet people. Some, me, I'm impatient. So I see them, the biscuit is there, very big, lying down. See human beings. I just carry the biscuit, start sharing. How many do you want? I just start sharing. <laughs> just start sharing, you know. Ah, it's the love of God. I go to the person I bought it. Do you want? What's wrong with you? Why do we have to keep taking permission to be Christians? What is it? How much did you pay to pay to breathe? Have you been paying to breathe? You walk around saying, God, five now, five now, five now. What's wrong with you? We have to do good till it is normal. This is how you invest in the wisdom from above. The wisdom from above, you don't go to school for it. You obey God and it starts becoming real. You're becoming a wise person. You're becoming a wise person. Because is there risk, like all business, massive risk? What if I don't have a chance to buy fish again for the next? You survive. Do you know the easiest answer to most of these things? You survive. No, check it now. Will you die if it's alone? You live. You just... But you live. Don't go and look, carry someone's fish that will fight you. <laughs> you have to check the person before you take <laughs> If they look like I'm on very gentle, even though I don't know what you might become if you take a fish, but uh, you have to check... <laughs> If you know something, ah, because of Jesus, just say, sorry. Or you open the door first and keep, cut half, then, you know, run, call me, give me the person's number, I'll talk to the person. But teach, oh, we must love. 
The wisdom from above is pure. It is peaceable. I agree. It is gentle. It is easily entreated. But we all must learn. Come back, Yodwak. We all must learn to walk in that wisdom. It's an investment for the age to come. Can you stand to your feet? And I want us to form a little circle inside your cave. You're outside the circle. Come in. <clears throat> Move that. Keep it there. You do need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. In the, I, we won't do baptism of the Holy Spirit now. Don't be afraid. But I'm just telling you. <laughs> you absolutely need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to re, be receiving information from the Most High God on what's happening in His company. There's so many beautiful things. It seems, seems very... To obey God foolishly, it seems like you might lose. You don't lose on this. Jesus died. Where is Jesus now? Have you heard recently? He's seated on the right head, on the right hand of the Father, with all principalities and powers. Not under him generally, under his lowest parts. I think that's a good return investment. He rules over everything. When did we see him last on earth? He was naked on a cross. What an ignominious end. No, that's not the end. It's not how you see someone now. Be careful how you joke with the people around you. You have no clue of who you're talking to. You have no clue. He might be the ruler of your kingdom. And you'll be a citizen. God forbid that I'll be under any of you. God forbid. <laughs> under anybody. When I have a meeting, I want to be talking to Jesus, my Lord. I want to be talking to him. Not when phone rings. The have. The, the, the boy of 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 the boy is the one calling you. Come here, have you swept that house? You are, you are sweeping now. You, you became a guy. Then in the future, you are still sweeping. And people are crying and boasting about rulers of this world. Stop boasting about dangotes. Stop it. Say, just say generally, admire his dint of hard work. Admire Bill Gates' you know, effort a little. Admire Henry Ford and Carnegie and Vanderbilt and... All those guys, admire small, small. Admire them as far as working hard. Use them as pictures of eternal things. Use them as an illustration, like you use Israel, of what, if you were to take all that effort and put into spiritual things, what would happen? Use them like that. Don't tell me Jesus was stupid. He would have been the richest man on earth if that was God's will. But he was so wealthy that when they needed to pay tax that was paid yearly, they had to catch fish and find lost treasure. Not even a ship, a fish. Just enough. That's how rich Jesus was. God was rich. He had an accountant. Only rich men have accountants. Have you heard the message? Just stop. Just stop it. He had what he needed. When? When he needed it. That's the wisdom from above. Strange thing. When the time comes, he gives it to you. Very, the feeling is so uncomfortable. Ah, Lord, I prefer a bank account. Heavy. Will you trust him? If you know you're not stealing and you're not dishonest and you're not lazy. And something happens and your account goes like this. Have peace. Please know this is when I get prophetic. So I'm being prophetic now. This is applying to people. I've been preaching. You know you have not done anything bad. You didn't waste the money. You were not stupid and foolish. You were not wasteful. You didn't go and bring out money and buy an iPhone. If you did, you're special. Even me, I'll tell you now. Idiot. You're not angry yet. Bunkum. I don't know what that means. Though. I've heard it generally. Can you give me insult to use? 
Uh-uh, don't go back to your flesh. Stop. I don't know what to call it. Bought in something for 300. A friend of mine bought 300 and something thousand. They stole it and sold it for. Ah, my medical doctor friend. 350,000 some years ago. He said, you know what vexed me? The guy that stole it. Sold it for. 40,000. <laughs> or 20 something. Oh. Brand new iPhone. Oh God. Deliver us from wickedness. Hi. How many phones can 350,000 buy? You can start a shop. You can start phone business. The guy is a medical doctor or big man. Remove. If I catch you, it's me that will steal it. <laughs> now, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm enjoying myself too much. But please, if you did all you could do, and then circumstances arise and your money finishes, don't bind the devil. He's God. And among the circumstances that may arise, maybe a deadline and someone needs to pay their fees. Someone needs where to stay. Someone needs 20,000, 30,000 to make up. It's really important. Not for sure. Not clothes. And you look at it, your savings. I've been saving this money for two years. How you did it, I don't know. I tell people there's a time for everything. There's a time when you may be doing a job. You can have large amounts because you need to build a house. You need to acquire something big. And God will allow. Ooh, because you need to buy a car. That kind of thing. Then for you to start saving from now, planning for your child when you marry school fees. There's nothing in me that can ever see eye to eye with you. I can never come into agreement with you. You're not okay. You are already disqualified from what we are discussing. You're not a wise person. You live for now. You don't live for tomorrow. People say, but that's tomorrow. No, that's not tomorrow. That's doubt unbelief. The bank you're putting in will crash. It's not the one that they will back up 25 billion. It will crash. Then they will, the backup will crash too. The country will crash, probably. Eh, because you're an unbeliever. You're saying, God, I am sure you cannot take care of me and my children. It's guaranteed. I know. God, I've always suspected you lack ability to take care of me. So I will plan for my generations. People are hungry around you. You're storing money. Storing. Story. Because you read the richest man in Babylon. You didn't even look at that. It's Babylon. Did he say Zion? You're a Babylonian. You don't know what will happen to Babylon. Go and read your Bible. It will be destroyed. Oh, by the way, did you know that the Babylonian system is a major antichrist system? It's going to be destroyed though. Try not to have your money in those things. But this one is specific. I'm being specific. In case you come to a place where you can acquire shares and do all those things, be very careful. You likely lose it. It's almost guaranteed. Your parents have stuff. Start praying for them. Uh, God help you. You trust in Babylon. Babylon will fall. It's guaranteed. It's not. It's in the book of Revelation. Babylon falls. I told you I was with a friend. 2008. Lagos. Sat with him like this. I said all these shares. All these people buying shares. It will crash. It crashed the next day. You know when you hear me say I hate being a prophet. I, what a job. I pity the people that have called full time. Man, I do it part-time. Small here, small there. I said it today. That guy used to deal in stocks and shares. Used to help trade. He was very interested in all that stuff. The next day, I told you I was talking with another friend. Some time later. As I said it, he said, Hey, my brother, is true. I lost 20 million in that thing. 
Imagine what you can do with 20 million. I'm not saying someone told me that. Told someone, I didn't read the news. He was standing in front of me. And he's a serious Christian brother. He said, God was pushing me to move up. 20 million. Is that a joke? How many lives could you touch with 20 million? But do you know how hard it is to store up that amount of money and just respond to God anyhow? Which one is better to have taken that one and shared out to people? Is it like Larry or like Harry? I see your slow brains. Oh, you remember? I don't, who posted that TV? Larry or Harry? Go and read it on the classroom. Which, which one would have been better to take that 20 million and dash everybody? 5,000. Five, how many people can you dash? Who knows math? 20 million. How many? 5,000. How many people? About 400,000 people will get 5,000. 5, I don't know how many. Even if it's only 40,000. But you know you'll be a very popular person. You know how many people will like you? I don't mean on Facebook. If you gave 40,000 people, five, five, all lost. Is it a joke? May you not build your life on Babylon. But I'm, I am telling you, crashes are going to increase. Watch the news. I don't watch the news, though. Barely ever. Once in a while, in five days, I remember. Ah, news, small. I set something on my allo to be telling me. Send me news by 7 a.m. So I see a few headlines. Sometimes I forget to see it. But, sweet people of God. Watch the news. Watch what's coming on your world. You're growing up, so it's time to pay attention. There will be stock market crashes, shakings, disasters. In the midst of that, people will be growing like Joseph that are listening to God. Some of them will become very wealthy while those disasters are happening. I pray they will be Christians. But Christians who understand what it is for. God has told us, God's going to do stuff. The people handling finances, major finances, real finances, for the kingdom of God, not for new cars. For the kingdom, if they buy a new car, they need the car. The old one is old. But if it is to carry it and be flaunting, I've arrived. No. Close your eyes and pray. What wisdom have you been feeding on? Which wisdom have you been preaching? What have you been pushing and peddling? What do people know you for? In one omnibus prayer, pray God to forgive you for being Solomonic in thinking and pursuits if you have been. And also ask God to teach you the greater than Solomon. That God will reveal this more and more. You will live for the latter days. God will help you live for the latter days. You won't run up and down doing things with your brain. You will do what God leads you to do. You don't go and throw away your property, but you are open to obeying whatever God tells you to do. You learn to obey God. Sweet Jesus. Jesus. Talk to God, talk to God, talk to God. He will hear you if you ask according to His will. If you ask according to His will. His will is that we do good to all men. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see God. There's a wisdom that is greater than that of Solomon. God reveal it to me, to those who are mature, those who want to grow, those who like the rich young ruler. If you would be mature, sell all, follow me. If you're in that category of persons who want the latter, Days to be greater than the beginning. My end shall be greater than my beginning. This is my prayer, God.
I do not want to end worse than I began, Jesus. We pray you receive eyes to see, ears to hear, and an understanding heart. Remember, test all things and hold fast to what is good. For more information, visit our website at gods-lighthouse.org.